0: It is Free Talk Live from Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. I am glad to see or to feel that it's cooled off a little bit versus that 90-ish degree heat that we were dealing with on Sunday. Just absolutely brutal. And I popped down to Keene yesterday because I had to take care of some stuff and it was so much hotter there. Like... Once you get south of, like, the Concord area, the temperature just steadily escalates until you get to Keene, and then it's just vicious. But here, there's an awesome breeze. It's very, very cool. And we are at ForkFest, number 6, 2022. You're welcome to come and hang out with us. There's no ticket required. All you have to do is show up, get your RV site, your motel room, or your camping site with Rogers Campground, of course. And that's it. That's all you got to do. That gets you in. Now... I'm here with, it's Arya here with the captain, and I want to rant about something real quick. Now, one of my favorite things about the Porcupine Freedom Festival that just ended last week.
1: Wait, is this the rant? Sort of. Okay, go ahead.
0: Yeah. It's... It's the Rant Competition. Soapbox Idol is what they call it. And it's a lot of fun. It draws a huge crowd. This year it was absolutely packed in there. Every single seat was filled with someone Uh and then a bunch of people were standing in the back. Tom Woods and Jeffrey Tucker don't draw a crowd like that. But Soapbox Idol is so much fun because it's just a bunch of libertarians. And every libertarian here is capable of ranting about something, right?
1: Fact. Yeah. And in fact, they do just randomly walking by. Like, what is he... He's not even talking to anybody and he's ranting.
0: Yeah, they absolutely do that. And this is an opportunity for all of them to give out their best three minute rant. Right. And for the past two or three years, I've been a judge of this thing. And it's really, really fun. It's unclear. Carla thinks that's Carla Garrick, who's, you know, part of the Queen Quill, as they call her. She thinks I've done it three years in a row. I think this is my second year. I don't recall though. Yeah. But anyway. I'm always the mean judge, right? The the Simon Crowell, or whatever his name is, of the panel. I mean, that's the way it works. That's that's what's entertaining. You have three judges, right? One of them is the straight guy who just plays things straight, just straight from the chest. And interestingly, the straight guy that we had this year was this totally gay dude, right? I did not see that coming. But he did, I mean... Because the third judge Tends to be more rotating Like that changes From one year to the next Last year it was Tom Woods Uh, Tom Woods wasn't able To make it this year But someone else Stepped in I don't even remember The guy's name But he does a podcast There are are probably 500 people here who do podcasts, though, and I can't remember all of them. But anyway, that's the easiest role to pick up quickly, right? If if you've never judged one of these things before, it's like, okay, these are the different roles you can be. The one who just plays it straight from the chest is by far the fastest that a person is going to pick up because that's just them being themselves, right? Right. Except they got to be a little diplomatic if they don't like something.
1: Yeah. yeah, But I mean, that's why we pull
0: up professional broadcasters and stuff like that. And so like just this random person from the audience who probably may not know how to approach a subject diplomatically.
1: So you're the mean one?
0: I'm the mean one. Uh, Jeremy Kaufman is the one who wisecracks. Okay. And there's more thought that goes into this than people would think. It's not about just getting up there and being mean. It depends on the order of the judges because we rotate who speaks first, who speaks second, who speaks third after each entrant. After each uh, rancher, I suppose. Okay. Like, if I'm the one going last, if I'm the one judging third, I'm not going to be nearly as mean as I am if I've got Jeremy following me. Okay. Because being mean makes Jeremy's wisecracks hit all the better. Yeah. And you know the other guy playing. If I'm being mean, then that I don't want that to be the last note that someone you know ends their rant on. So right. if I'm third, I'm way nicer. So. Someone on Twitter is upset with me, apparently, uh, because I judge their rant harshly, I guess. And this is strange to me because <laughs> it's all entertainment, right? None of this is meant to be taken seriously. The points are made up and the rules don't matter. Right. That's what we yeah. say, or the game's made up and the rules don't matter. I don't know exactly what yeah. we say, but yeah. I mean, it's completely true. It's arbitrary. The number we spit out. The number I spit out, at least, is often not the number I actually write down. Right. And that's why Jeremy looks over and sees what I actually wrote down versus what I said I wrote down. Like, I gave someone a two because they chose to talk about COVID-19 in the year 2022, and I'm sick to death of hearing about COVID-19. Aren't we all? Yeah. So I was like, my best way of dealing with this is to give the guy a two. Make it known to all of the audience, don't come here next year ranting about freaking COVID-19. Okay. He wasn't bothered by that. I mean, that's just my role. And I, I think I wrote down like a six or something like that because it really wasn't a very good rant. But I tend to score lower than everyone else. I'm the first one each year to break the five threshold. So
1: so are you triggered by this Twitter thing?
0: I wouldn't say that. Okay. I'm just shocked by it. And I, and I want it understood that if I say something mean to you, and it's, none of this is really mean, like the video from 2021 is widely available and yeah. I'm harsh and... I tend to be on the mean side of things, but I'm not like, God, that rent sucked. Please get off the stage or anything like that. Right, yeah. I do it in an entertaining way. I give low scores and I offer my critique, but I just generally score lower than everyone else. So, okay. yeah, I come down the hard side. But as a result, people approach me afterwards like, so I know, I'm picking up my rent for next year because you're the judge I got to convince. Him. If I get you, then I'll win, right? <laughs> All
1: so,
2: right.
0: That's the reputation that I have among this thing. And it's great fun. Everyone loves it. And no one takes it seriously. Yeah. Except this one person who is very upset and does it. Appar- apparently, someone offered for me to be on her podcast or something like that. And she was like, No, thank you. I don't approve of the way Aria judged my rent this year or something to that effect. And <laughs> it, it's just sh- st- stunning to me that Save someone, the drama for your mama. Yeah, that someone could so completely misunderstand the situation. Our job as judges, yes, we have to pick a winner but our job is to entertain yeah well and
1: also to at least with you know some of these uh, reality tv shows these award shows like the american idol and where these judges you know sort of are modeled after uh, the the main one is often funny yeah right I, or I super, I, or I, at I least shocking right you know that kind of a
0: thing so and, uh, like, I got booed after probably half of my scores. <laughs> right? That—that's just what happened. I'm like, I gave you a three. The entire audience just boos. I gave one guy a zero. Yeah. Or that was Dennis Pratt, right? Yeah. I was like, like, you know, it's not fair. You organize this festival here, and then you want to come up here and rant. I give you no points. Right. Well, but I, in the end, I think I gave him a seven or something like that. But yeah, is, that's just the game that that's just the game we're playing
1: there's a thing too like when you go into something like this you just have to have like low or no expectations Uh, I I learned my lesson early on uh, one of the bands I was in we submitted a uh, a single to be reviewed by Bubba the Love Sponge Right, and his shtick is that he listens to a song, he'll play it on air, and he'll stop it after twenty seconds of listening to it and give you a critique, and it'll be a ripping critique. It won't be. He never goes on. He's like, "Oh, this was a really great song, and I love the melody." None of that. It's always like, "This song is crap. Your intro was too long." Right, and his sure it, that's his whole shtick. And so you have to sort of go into these things with that in mind.
0: It is very similar now that you mention it to like a slash roast me in Reddit. And yes, when they're not asking. To be roasted, but they are asking to come up there and be judged by their rant. You know, if you're not willing to be judged and have someone tell you that you did it poorly, then don't ask to be judged. I suppose would be the way that I would put it. But that's that's my little mini rant about the thing, and it wasn't even like a rant, right? It was just a frustrating thing that happened. And I want that person to know none of it was meant seriously. If I said something that offended you, and clearly I did, I'm sorry. None of it was meant seriously. And, yeah. and I, I thought that was obvious to everyone at the time, like to the guy that I gave a two yeah. two in order. So I thought it was obvious, but yeah. evidently not.
1: Well, and keep in mind, everybody, all the listeners out there, as Dave Chappelle once said, Twitter is not even a real place.
0: That's absolutely true. It isn't. But, you know, it it sucks to think that someone here within the Liberty Movement is, like, upset at me because of something I said while effectively playing a character. Yeah. Not the way they should go. But anyway, there is stuff to talk about. Evidently, an atheist worker has been fired after refusing to attend a company's Christian prayer in North Carolina, feds say.
1: So, hmm. I have so many questions about this. I, I was under the impression that companies could not require things like this.
0: I think they're legally not allowed to, but by all rights, they should be allowed to, right? Like, if a if it's a Christian company, they should be allowed to fire someone for not being Christian. I realize that's an unpopular position, but that's the way it is. Right, but I'm just
1: talking about, like, the legalities of corporate law right now, I think, prevents... A company, if you're, you know, an LLC or on up, yeah. I think the the law prevents you from requiring your employees to attend religious things.
0: Well, I don't think they are a corporation. I think they're a small business, and they I don't think they res- ran afoul of North Carolina law, but they definitely ran afoul of federal law, and they are being sued as a result of it. I just I think if they want to fire someone for not being a Christian, that's their right, and they should be able to do that.
1: Well, they should not hire them in the first place if that's the way they're going to go, but then you're going to get lawsuits for discrimination.
0: There's more coming up here. It is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live from Fork Fest 2022 here in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. I want to tell you about Bitcoin.com. It's the best place to learn about cryptocurrency. If you're new to the subject, if you don't know anything about it, but you want to get into it first, learn about it. Don't just go to you know Google or some darknet site try to buy Bitcoin. Learn about it first at Bitcoin.com. Click getting started at the top of the page. It only takes a few minutes out of your day to learn about this important world-changing technology. And if you do already know about it, head on over to news.bitcoin.com to stay up to news to stay up to date on all of the news and headlines that are relevant to you. All on a sleek and easy to use modern website. That's news.bitcoin.com. Now, this is a home repair company. Their mandatory daily Christian prayer sessions for its employees were becoming, quote, Less tolerable for an atheist construction manager who refused to continue attending, resulting in his firing in North Carolina, federal officials said in a lawsuit.
1: So he did attend them for some period of time. Yes. Then was like, "Ah, I've had enough of this crap. I'm out.
0: I can't say I blame him. You know, I have, you know, some amount of ability to to deal with Christians doing their thing. But a daily Christian prayer. I I wouldn't be able to do that. But I also wouldn't, you know, work for a company that asked me to do it.
1: Well, and, you know, insert any other religion into that scenario, right? What if it was a daily satanic prayer? Or what if it was a daily Jewish prayer? What if it was a daily Scientology prayer? You know, whatever religion you want to insert in here, and then put yourself in that dude's shoes.
0: Well, this is an interesting take. His boss told him that he did not have to believe in God. He did not have to like the prayer meetings, but he had to participate before the worker was fired in the fall of 2020 according to a complaint filed by the equal employment opportunity commission this came out this came after his pay was cut in half so th- they're characterizing these as employee meetings where they just happened to pray.
1: They cut his pay in half, too? Like, was that part of the thing? Like, if you don't come to these things, we're going to cut your pay in half. That seems excessive.
0: It doesn't say why they cut his pay in half, but I mean, I, I tend to think that's probably the reason.
1: Maybe he just started missing a lot of work.
0: Could also be that, but that's an interesting way to try to curtail, you know, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission and all of these federal laws against discrimination on the basis of religion. To say, no, look, these are just uh, employee meetings. We have them daily because some companies do that kind of stuff, and we just happen to pray at them. Yeah. So he's missing out on company meetings. I don't think it's going to hold up in court, but it'll be interesting to see. The worker was asked, oh, wow, he was asked to lead a prayer session on one occasion, despite making his beliefs known prior to losing his job. I I would love
1: to hear, (laughs) uh, I don't know if he has a creative bone in his body, but I would love to hear this atheist come up with some kind of a prayer to say when it was his turn.
0: Now the company is being sued for religious discrimination and is accused of punishing workers who did not want to attend the meetings, which also involved Bible readings and roll call. The agency said in a Tuesday news release, the meetings were mandatory from at least June of 2020. So they did biblical readings as well. This comes after another worker, a customer service representative, was fired after she felt the meetings, which went on for nearly an hour, were becoming cult-like. And stopped attending due to her agnostic beliefs, according to a lawsuit. Look, if you're working for a company that requires you to attend a, a, day, a hour-long daily prayer, it's not cult-like at that point. It is a cult. An agnostic individual does not commit to any view regarding the existence of a higher religious power. And I really wish they wouldn't butcher definitions like that. That's an atheist. Agnosticism deals with knowledge. Theism deals with belief. Right. On its website, the Aurora Pro Services, that's the company says, we'll never hire rude people, and we will get rid of anybody not using their best manners. The company's owner is known for his short-tempered and confrontational nature, and he held the prayer meetings as part of the, quote, business model, according to a complaint. This was a basis to remain employed. However, the requirement is not advertised on the company websites, career page that lists what is expected of those applying to work there. The daily prayer sessions involved workers gathering in a circle as the company's owner or another individual would pray, the complaint said. Occasionally, the leader of the session would ask for prayer requests. Sometimes these requests were offered for poor performing employees. (laughs) Please pray for Bob. He's not doing a good job. (laughs) Jesus.
1: Jim's been missing a lot of work. Pray for him.
0: I can't imagine how truly bad it must be to work for this company. When it came to the meeting's Bible readings, the former customer service representative said that it came off as ranting, and eventually, her boss began having everyone shout the Catholic version of the Lord's Prayer in unison. Oh, jeez.
1: Chanting, too, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: Before the former construction manager refused to attend the meetings entirely, he had offered to attend portions of them, according to the EEOC. However, his boss said it would be in his best interest to attend the entirety of the sessions. And, you know, clearly that's the case. They fired the guy. The atheist worker's objections led to his base pay getting cut, so evidently that was the reason, from $800 per week to $400 per week ahead of his firing. The agency's lawsuit is seeking to fine Aurora Pro services for violating Title VII of the Civil Rights Act. Like,
1: I don't know if I would have even allowed the situation to get this far if I were this employee. I think that... If I took a job and maybe it was unbeknownst to me, maybe it wasn't even known that this was going to occur during the the, the day, Right. Uh, I think I would have either not taken the job or I would have just quit a lot sooner before letting it get to this type of situation. Now, does that mean that... You know, this corporation would have been, this business would have been, you know, allowed to sort of go on and being discriminatory, as it were, according in the eyes of the law, that kind of thing. Probably, but I also would have solved the problem that I had with it much earlier.
0: Certainly. I, I can't imagine why this atheist continued to work there. Surely he could have worked for some other home repair company or something like that i I would have quit on like my second day if I went in there like, Oh yes, come to our employee meeting and I get there and they're they're chanting the Lord's Prayer, or whatever I'm like okay, yeah, this place is not for me, yep, and I would look for an alternative job. I don't know how hard up he was for a job, but I wouldn't have continued to work there. Employers who sponsor prayer meetings in the workplace have a legal obligation to accommodate employees. I'm surprised that it's legal for any employer to sponsor prayer meetings in the workplace.
1: That's the part that was my first question. I don't know how I worded it, but yeah, I was under the impression that they were not legally allowed to hold uh, this type of a thing.
0: Well, apparently they can, I I would imagine, but they can't discriminate against people who choose not to participate. When I worked at one of the casinos down there in Tunica, they had a a prayer room set aside for the Muslims who worked there because they needed needed their own space in which to do that.
1: Right. I've seen and heard of this before, that type of accommodation being made, but having the meeting be of... You know, sort of an all-employee meeting, if you will, a mandatory meeting, be of a you know, religious ceremony nature, I was under the impression that that was legally you know against federal law.
0: Well, that's why they're being sued. Yeah. And I suspect that they're going to you know, lose this lawsuit because federal law, as you point out, is very clear on this particular subject. I mean, they want to have their, their daily prayer meeting. I wouldn't think the company would be allowed to do that, but I'm shocked to find that they are. They can still do that. Yeah. They just can't require employees to be there and can't cut their pay in half. For not doing it Why would you continue Working at a place That cut your pay in half For that matter right, I mean, they, yeah. they took him from $800 to $400 per week yeah. And he stayed on
1: Being a voluntarist I uh, always In my mind I, I don't want to Point the guns of government At somebody else To sort of. it'll get my way Or to alleviate a problem And so I would have looked For other ways To solve this problem Like getting a different job Somewhere
0: else There is more coming up Here from Fort Fest It is Free Talk Live
2: Do you feel like your country no longer holds your values?
0: It is Free Talk Live from Fest 2022 here in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. And that's not the only festival going on this year. There's also Freedom Fest in Las Vegas. Go to FreedomFest.com to learn more about it. It is July the 13th through the 16th. Mark is going to be speaking there. They're also going to have people like John Cleese, Steve Forbes, Glenn Greenwald, Spike Cohen, and so many more. Go to FreedomFest.com to get a preview of the speakers that are going to be there. There There's a bunch of big names and it's going to be a great time. That's FreedomFest.com, July the 13th through the 16th. If you use code FTL, you get $50 off your ticket, I believe. I, I'll have to check. actually check my notes on that. So don't quote me on
1: that. I think it's 20% off.
0: One of them is 20 and one of them is $50. Oh, I see. Uh, and I don't remember which one. I think Lifetime Liberty is $50, and FTL 20 may be for Freedom Fest. I'll have to check my notes and get back to you on that. And I don't actually have my notes here because I... It's complicated. I can get them, though. Anyway, with you today is Arya and the captain, and Uganda evidently has discovered large quantities of
1: gold. Quick. Somebody uh, invade Uganda. You know, change the regime over there. Come up with some... Because, I mean, I suspect that that may happen.
0: I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Uh, the uh, the headline is from Bitcoin. dot com. Uganda claims exploration surveys discovered thirty one million metric tons of gold.
0: Now I, I'm curious about that. How does that stack up to the amount of gold like in circulation right yeah, now We're in the world How many metric right tons right
1: exist already that are known and like you know that are already dug up, So right. to speak.
0: it's got to be it's got to be a lot.
1: I, I don't know the answer to that one. I, I wish I was more astute when it comes to the overall quantity of gold on planet Earth.
0: So tell us more
1: about this. Uh, it says, during the last five years, the value of an ounce of fine gold has risen by 48% against the U.S. dollar. An ounce of gold spot market value tapped an all-time high this year at about 2060 per unit. Today, an ounce of gold, they're just telling you about the pricing and stuff, on Wednesday... Uh, Solomon Muyida, a spokesperson for the Ministry of Energy and Mineral Development, told Reuters that the country had found 31 million tons of gold ore by conducting a number of exploration surveys across the land.
0: So I found some numbers here. Uh, estimates are that the, the currently available estimates are that 205,238 tons of gold have been mined throughout history. Some of which has been lost, of course, like that. We have no idea how. Uh, Another figure is 171,000 metric tons. And people are estimating um, that there are 2.5 billion ounces of gold above ground today in America, in world society or whatever. I don't know what 2.5 billion stacks up to in metric tons, but it, it does sound like uh, let's say 244,000 metric tons of gold have been discovered to date, according to a different website. So there's not very good numbers about this, but they're estimating reserves still underground of about 57,000 metric tons. And this Uganda announcement is a big chunk of that 31 million. Yeah, it, it would be well over half of it. Yeah. So less a little more than half of the remaining gold, if this claim is true. And I don't know that it's been independently verified or anything like that. And I don't trust any government, even the Uganda government. But that's what they're saying.
1: Well, the uh, spokesperson further noted that 320,158 tons of refined gold could be mined immediately. And a Chinese company called uh, Wagagi Mining is already planning to mine the area. Uh, They just received their gold production license in March and set up a 21-year mining lease with officials from Busia district in the eastern region oh uh, i can Uganda. imagine the
0: conspiracy theories says oh god the chinese government is going to mine it the chinese are taking over the world most of it was founded that, that would be why the u.s doesn't inv- invade though because the chinese are getting this gold
1: that sh- sounds like a logical explanation for it um the rest of this talks about that they're planning on starting production this year uh they've invested over 200 million dollars so far that's the mining company has and that kind of a thing. But uh, what does this do? Seemingly, the price of gold would go down. What would expect. Just at the news of this discovery. Uh, much, I, suppose,
0: I mean, once it's confirmed. Yeah. From, from, what I'm, from what I'm seeing, it's mostly crypto news sources that are talking about this. I do have a story here that's related, but it's it's from a Tanzania news source. So I don't trust it either. But I mean, that's what they're claiming, right? In details provided at the request of this Tanzanian news outlet, Ministry of Energy and Mineral Development spokesperson Solomon Muyita noted that the gold-endowed parts of Uganda include Alupe in Alup, Bugia, and I'm not even going to try with the rest of these, good Lord. The volumes of the reserves, as you said, is estimated at 31 million tons of gold ore, valued at $12.8 trillion, according to a document prepared by the ministry. How many trillion dollars?
1: trillion trillion. dollars. Wow, that's nothing for the U.S. federal government.
0: Yeah, that doesn't even wipe out the national debt, right? So, uh, more than half of the world's gold reserves don't wipe out the U.S. (laughs) national debt. They don't even come close. They don't even get half of it, right? Isn't the national debt like 23, 24 trillion?
1: I, I don't remember, but it's super high.
0: $30 trillion? Oh, yeah. It is super high. If the computations are accurate, it was suggesting new gold would topple the estimated windfall from oil still in the ground in the Albertine region. So they're trying to get this out of the ground instead of the oil, apparently. As you said, they think they can get out 5,000 kilograms of gold each day by the close of this year. Wow. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to really affect the value of gold, but it, it'll be interesting to to watch all of this play out. And it'll be interesting to see what the U.S. government does in response to this.
1: Yeah, I feel like there's either going to be some sort of a uh, international spy movie made about this or perhaps another installment of something like an Indiana Jones movie.
0: Can you elaborate? Because I, I I'm not sure. Well, I it's just because
1: of the discovery of gold, right? So it'll be tied to some, you know, other discovery, you know, or, or an archaeologist will have to step in and be like, oh, this, this gold was originally discovered by the blah, blah, blah tribe or whatever, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think this is unmined gold for whatever that's worth. Oh, yeah, that's true. But time will tell. Anyway... We talked about abortion a lot this week, and we're we're not going to really get into the issue of abortion here because plenty of people are fighting over that.
1: We're aborting abortion?
0: Yes, please, God, let's do it. There's another war between the states coming, according to NBC News, and it's (gasps) coming over abortion. That's the claim they're making.
1: Wait, so it's going to be California versus Texas?
0: More or less, I mean, those are the two big ones on each side, I suppose. I'm
1: guessing, right?
0: I, I look forward to if this is what causes the collapse of the United States, then let's get that ball rolling.
1: <laughs> it would be like I, I would. It would be unbelievable if the issue of abortion is what sort of you know tipped it off.
0: It shouldn't be, but I sus- it, it, <laughs> I I, I could see how it could happen, right? Because neither side is willing to allow the other side to to exercise what it believes are its rights, not neither one of them. Conservatives want to criminalize going to another state to get an abortion. And of course, liberals aren't happy that it's outlawed anywhere in the world. And they're going to pitch a fit about it because, you know, oh God, the people in Mississippi have to you know travel an additional 500 miles and that raises the cost of getting an abortion or whatever.
1: And neither side can admit that it's not cool to force your preferences on other people. Right.
0: So this is just more division that we've seen. The Supreme Court's abortion decision is likely to set off a wave of legal and political disputes. Well, that's not a civil war. Among states and the federal government, unlike anything seen since the years before the Civil War, legal experts say. So maybe... With some states allowing private lawsuits against out-of-state abortion providers. I mean, that's Texas. That's Texas's law, this, doing that. Right. And so far, no one has brought any actual lawsuits against someone for getting an abortion. And other states prohibiting cooperation with abortion investigations. The abortion issue is likely to pit state law enforcement agencies and court systems against one another in dramatic fashion. The federal government, meanwhile, faces a choice over how to deal with states that seek to ban food and drug administration approved abortion medication now used in about half of pregnancy termination after
1: pills and all that kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Well, do any of these states, you know, ban the morning after pill? I can't imagine they would because I mean, that's even that's like a one day abortion ban. Right, and even the most conservative one I think is Mississippi, and that's, I think, 12 weeks I
1: mean, those things didn't Really become legal Until, you know, the the battles The ongoing battles of the abortion Topic.
0: There's more coming up here It is Free Talk Live It is free talk live from Fork Fest 2022. That's Fork Fest number six at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Absolutely beautiful day here. Yeah, relatively, it is super gorgeous. yeah. Partly cloudy skies a bit. I think i run into this weird clusters of rain. Like on the way up here, though, like sun shining bright, and then suddenly it rains heavily for like a quarter of a mile, and then it's just shiny sun, shining sun again. It's very peculiar.
1: Uh weather in the mountains.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, we're talking now about, I don't know, I need this thing to stop failing to cooperate. We're talking about the possibility of another civil war, according to NBC News. They think that this abortion thing is going to lead to a war between the states. And I could see how it could, you know, because neither side is willing to give any ground on this whatsoever. I remember when Donald Trump ran for president, he was on like 60 Minutes or 2020 or one of these shows. And he said that he thought that abortion should go back to the states. And, okay. then, you know, some states should allow it. Some states should ban it to, to each state according to what they would like to do. Liberals were irate over that, though. No, you can't allow any states to ban abortions because then those. And I understand where they're coming from, right? Like the point of having this, quote, constitutional republic is that it's supposed to protect the minority from the tyranny of the majority. OK, And it doesn't do that if if you have the the 20% of the population in this state that wants to have abortions legal, have that illegality of abortion pushed upon them by the 80%.
1: Well, and we're making a couple of assumptions here, too. We're assuming that uh, a civil war would be uh, divided by what, conservatives and liberals? Yes. Is that that the assumption that That, we're making? This seems
0: to be the assumption, yeah. Mm. I didn't. I mean that. That would be if abortion is the issue. It's going to come down to liberals and conservatives on that, and libertarians yeah. are just going to be up here in New Hampshire going, "This is stupid." Why well, are you people fighting over this? I
1: also have to point out, as I am want to do, uh, the fact that the one of the biggest oxymorons ever to enter the English language, of course, civil war.
0: Yeah, because there's nothing civil about war, right? I think Not that was. All. But it's not surprising. I mean, that's what they always say, right? Civil unrest, civil war, that sort of thing. But you're right. There's nothing civil about war. And I don't think it's going to lead to one, but they tend to think it is. Experts say it is conceivable that a person could be wanted for a felony in an anti-abortion right state. I love NBC. God, they they are so not unbiased. I was going to say, I detect a hint of sarcasm (laughs) in your love for NBC. Yeah, I mean, this is NBC, of course. So it's horribly slanted to the left. They they don't say pro-life states or anything like that, right? No, these are these are states that are Anti-abortion rights states. They're they're not (laughs) pro-life. They're states that are anti-abortion rights. The governor of Massachusetts has already imposed rules forbidding state officers from cooperating in abortion investigations. California's governor signed a bill seeking to protect from civil liability. Anyone providing, aiding, or receiving abortion care in the state. Texas law, however, lets private citizens sue out-of-state abortion providers, and Missouri is considering a similar law. Wow, that's... Hmm. How, who would hold that? Why, how does Texas have any ground to sue anyone not in Texas?
1: I don't understand that either. And even if they have that sort of legal ground, it just further illustrates the ridiculousness of having states.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What we had in the years leading up to the Civil War was a failure of what lawyers call comedy, committee, committee. The idea that states will respect other states' laws for reasons of courtesy, consideration, and mutual respect, said Ariella J. Gross, a professor of law and history at the United Ver- University of Southern California. That Gould certainly School doesn't law. happen Good with Lord.
1: gun laws, right? I mean, yeah, there's something like a reciprocal carry permit. So if you live in a state where it's legal for you to open carry or concealed carry and you have a permit to do so, you can go get a what's known as a reciprocal permit so if you travel to a state uh, where they also have uh, a permit then they will honor your permit from your state but that doesn't happen in all the states by any stretch of the imagination
0: no and the thing here in new hampshire i mean it's well known that if you're going down to massachusetts you leave your gun at home You, you don't take it with you even if you have a license to carry the gun with you yeah it's not worth it
1: yeah they certainly don't respect your home state's laws
0: Yeah, so you're absolutely right. But maybe that's just, you know, one part of the step that's been leading to this fight, this new civil war all along. That starts to break down, this comity, or comity, C-O-M-I-T-Y, it's a word I've never seen before. It starts to break down when you have these really stark differences over an issue involving a fundamental right... Or I would say what is perceived by some as a fundamental right is what perceived by others to be an abomination to, you know, nature and yeah. humanity and life. And that's what happened in the years leading up to the Civil War. And, you know, I, I could see it after the passage of the Fugitive Slave Act of 1850s. Well, that's a fair point, right? I, I don't I haven't thought about how a, a northern state that helped slaves escape could have been held accountable To the southern states for allowing that, or even assisting in that. Yeah. So there there probably is a lot of precedent to be found within the Civil War. The Fugitive Slave Act of 1850 was passed, though, and that... It was federal statutes requiring northern states to assist southern slave owners and their bounty hunters in capturing enslaved people who had escaped north to states that had banned slavery.
1: Requiring them to assist.
0: Yes. So uh, the the uh, analogy today would be that like, if the federal government wrote a law that like, pro-choice states had to assist conservative states... In anti-abortion proceedings.
1: Right.
0: Whereas those states are currently passing laws saying, no, we don't have to, and we're not going to assist. The parallel to, ab- <laughs> yeah, they literally played that out. The parallel to abortion is that, quote, you literally are pursuing people across state borders for seeking medical care that is legal, says Sarah Rosenbaum. Well, it's not legal in the state that they're leaving, and that's why they're leaving that state. That's why they're crossing state borders. It,
3: vote
1: with your feet.
0: Yeah, I tend to think that it should be legal and that, you know, Texas has no right whatsoever to pursue people from going to Oklahoma to gamble because they don't do that, right? I, I'm not going to fa- – gambling's illegal, I think, here in New Hampshire. it's a, Or let's say I live in Mississippi where it, well, it's sure. not legal there if you live on a boat. Okay, let's find some state where gambling is illegal. I'm sure it's some conservative state. Let's say I'm going to fly to Vegas and go, you know, spend 10 grand at the casino or whatever. Yeah. They wouldn't dare prosecute me for, you know, breaking the law in Texas for right. going to Las Vegas in order to gamble. So they choose when and where to apply this. Right. Legal disputes between the states are not common, even over big social issues, apparently. And one example is cannabis. Legal right now in some states, illegal in others, but no other recent issue of dispute. And that's a good point. You know, would New Hampshire... Like, if I was traveling from Massachusetts to Maine, both of which are legal marijuana states, you could have as... I, I don't know as much, but let's say I've got, you know, an ounce of weed on me, which is a legal amount, I believe, in both states. But, you know, to get to Maine from Massachusetts... You, by definition, have to go through New Hampshire.
1: Yep, you Uh, sure do.
0: Unless you take a boat. And I don't know if you can do that, but if you're driving there, you have to pass through New Hampshire. Yeah. Well, if you get pulled over, can the New Hampshire police seize your ounce of pot? I mean, and can they charge you? Because in New Hampshire, a certain amount of pot is decriminalized, and they can only give you a fine. But I think an ounce is beyond that threshold. I'm not
1: 100% sure. I don't know what the thresholds are, but there is one for certain. And if you did cross it. I mean, I think we know from experience that the the authorities, so to speak, are going to do whatever they want. Yeah, absolutely. And then whoever gets caught up in the turn of that uh, will eventually bring the the precedents or the definitions, you know, into you know the eyes of the government. I mean, the public specter of the court system, and then we'll find out, I guess.
0: Abortion could definitely bring these things to a head, though, as they point out that people argue abortion far more passionately than they do the subject of cannabis, right? No, no one is really arguing that they're going to die if they don't get cannabis. I mean, and there are people arguing that, you know, abortion is always a matter of life and death for the mother. And, you know, that's simply I might die Some a little, people
1: I might die a little inside if I didn't get cannabis.
0: I, see, I, I could take or leave cannabis. I haven't smoked used cannabis in like five or six years and i just Uh don't feel like i'm I'm missing anything i
1: I enjoy it uh, particularly when i'm in like songwriting process
0: i do miss it for that reason right it it's great for creativity But it's one thing to have states fighting with each other about a tax on interstate cargo or mud flaps on trucks, wrote Wendy Parmed, who's from another un- unnecessarily long university name. It's not the kind of thing that tens of thousands of people take to the streets over, well maybe they should. I mean, if they had fought, if they had taken to the streets over mud flaps on trucks, then they wouldn't have had to take to the streets about abortion. It's one of these things where
1: I just don't understand why everybody thinks it's even their business. What do you mean? Well, what is what business is it of yours? What other people do?
0: Well, it's not my business. But see, that's right. the thing. And We're that's what I'm saying. We recognize
1: when it, when it comes to you know either being on the left or the right, though uh, they seem to think that their opinion should be forced upon other people
0: they do and i don't understand why they think that i can't imagine being so immoral that's what i think there is more coming up here from fork fest it is free talk live Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live from Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Fork Fest, of course, is ongoing until July the 3rd. it's going to be interesting. We, we didn't expect Rogers Campground to have the fireworks on July the third. We thought they would always be the Saturday before, and so we didn't schedule Fork Fest until July the fourth. So incidentally, Fork Fest ends before the fireworks begin. I think technically. Because oh, I see
1: what you're saying. Yeah.
0: If you're here until July the third, then that means you got to leave your camping site. I think at two p.m. or your motel room at yeah, eleven. Yeah, there's a,
1: there's a checkout time yeah. for your campsite. So it,
0: it's. We didn't know that in events. We thought it was always on the Saturday before or on the day of, if it was probably a Friday, would have been fine as well. But anyway, there will be a fireworks show here on July the 3rd. And I suspect most of the people here from ForkFest will, in fact, be staying to check it out. That's forkfest.party if you want to learn more. There are a number of unofficial channels like an, the unofficial Telegram chat, the unofficial Matrix chat, all sorts of places you can hang out with people. You can ha- create whatever event you want. That's forkfest.party talking here about an upcoming civil war, possibly.
1: Over the abortion topic. Now, it's so ridiculous, first of all. Uh, You could... I would think that any other issue... Not any other issue, but there are so many other issues that could tip off a civil war that I find it difficult to believe that this is going to be it. That abortion is going to be it. Because it's such a not... A none of your business issue, right? And we were talking before the break there that, in my opinion, right, it's none of anybody's business. There should be no laws regarding abortion. Period.
0: Well, if I could, I see where people are coming from. If they genuinely believe that abortion is murder, then to them it's a law that outlaws murder, and some states are allowing murder to take place. It's not a view that I subscribe to, yeah. but I understand why you know people would be passionate about having a law that you know makes murder legal and, in some and, of these places because that's their view.
1: Right. And what I'm saying is that these people need to understand that just because your view is your view doesn't mean it's correct. And if you think it's correct, it doesn't mean it's correct for somebody else.
0: Excellent points. It, it, if, if they believe their view is correct, then it's on them to persuade the people who disagree with them. It's not on them to make a law forcing the other people to agree with them or to at least act like they agree with
1: them. Right, pointing the guns of government at people you disagree with.
0: It would be on them to you know exercise the art of persuasion. Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker... A moderate Republican signed an executive order Friday because that's how broken the government is, right? There's no piece of legislation here that they're talking about. It's just him making up law as he goes with a flick of a pen.
1: Do these politicians even make laws the old-fashioned way, or is everything now just a
0: well since COVID nineteen almost all of it has been executive order? Yeah, I mean that was the excuse they used to give themselves emergency powers, and since then, like here in New Hampshire, I believe the the emergency is still ongoing.
1: It sounds like I never hear of like a, a, a regular you know bill being passed that creates a law. It's always like a new
0: executive order was
1: passed today, and then it's whatever, and you're like, oh, okay.
0: That's absolutely what happened here in Massachusetts. Friday, Governor Charlie Baker passed, signed an executive order that prohibits any executive agency from assisting another state's investigation into a person or entity for receiving or delivering reproductive health services that are legal in Massachusetts. So I can at least see the reasoning for that. He's telling executive agencies what they can and can't do. And in the legal system that we have the governor would be in charge of all of those executive agencies. Mm. That's often not how it actually works in practice, but in, in practice, he's still basically making up law. The order also seeks to protect Massachusetts providers who deliver abortion services from losing the professional licenses or receiving other professional disciplines stemming from out-of-state charges. Now, what, what, if, what if you're a nurse? And you work in a different state. The state that you live in has outlawed abortion, but the state that you work in, and you work at an oh. abortion clinic, right? How yeah, if you, if you live
1: you know, near a border or on a border town.
0: Yeah, yeah, like Keene and Boston, for example. Let's say New Hampshire makes abortion illegal, and I don't think they're going to, but let's say they do. But, you know, you have someone like Nikki who works at a you know, health pr- reproductive health clinic in boston right nikki doesn't work at a reproductive health clinic but i could certainly see how that could be possible
1: yeah right and so then how does the law apply to that person
0: democratic new york governor of course they they couldn't they, they couldn't leave this alone. oh i want to tell you more about the massachusetts law it also decrees that massachusetts will not cooperate with extradition requests from other states pursuing criminal charges against people who have received I think I said that. No, it's slightly different. They won't cooperate with any extradition requests regarding reproduction health services. I think that's interesting. Democratic New York Governor Kathy Hochul signed legislation Monday that shields providers and patients from civil liability in connection with abortion-related claims from out of state. So if you fly from Texas to New York to have your abortion and someone in Texas tries to sue you for that, or they try to sue the abortion clinic, rather, those yeah. people would be protected. It's, it's a messy situation, and states are lining up their pieces a- antagonistically. I can't,
1: can you imagine being extradited from one state within the United States to another state because of abortion?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> to me, that's stupid. That's, it's just the most ridiculous thing. It is, but, I mean, that's, that's the way that... They're having to do it because they're convinced that Texas wants to pursue people who go out of state to have abortions. And, and they think that because Texas made a law that basically allows people in Texas to do exactly that.
1: You can't make laws against this kind of a thing and enforce them and have it go well. It's just not going to go well.
0: I think that's why they're arguing that this could lead to Civil War Part two. Electric Boogaloo, Attorney General Matt Merrick Garland said Friday, I assume that's the U.S. Attorney General. It could be from New York. It's unclear how they wrote this article, though, said Friday that states may not ban abortion drugs on the grounds that they are dangerous because the FDA has approved them. But legal experts say it is not clear the federal government can force states to allow people to receive the drugs for use in abortions from other states through the mail. So,
1: so you can still get a mail order, but not over the counter?
0: Well, it's not clear whether they can do that or not. The federal government regulates the mail, but states regulate doctors and pharmacies. So the, the state can say, no, you can't get this from a pharmacy, and they can ban pharmacies. But what happens if you buy it from a, the website of a company run yeah. in California, right? Right. Uh, there's a lot of murky issues here, and the states are not gearing up to make it easy on one another. And that could very well lead to a civil war. I don't think it's going to. I hate to think in the stretches of human history the, the collapse of the American <laughs> Empire would have been brought about by whether or not it's okay to abort fetuses, right? Uh, That's a truly I, I, dark mark on human history.
1: I mean, I don't know. All the other things government gets up to hasn't brought it about yet either, and there's far more evil has been committed by governments than outlawing abortions. So uh, it seems weird.
0: Moreover, whatever approach the Biden administration takes can be reversed if Republicans win the 2024 election. The other wild card is how the conservative majority on the Supreme Court might rule on such issues. And that, that sort of thing here, overturning Roe v. Wade didn't necessarily have anything to do with abortion, right? It, there could be another abortion case brought up where the Supreme Court decides, you know what? Abortion is a right or right. whatever. They didn't necessarily say that abortion isn't a right. They just said Roe v.ersus Wade is not legally valid. And, you know, a, a lot of people tend to agree because it was, it was legalized or Roe v.ersus Wade was made. The arguments were on the basis of privacy, that one had the right to privacy. It was very, it was very legally shaky from the very beginning. But that was what it was ultimately about to. Like you had the you had the right to privacy with your doctor to perform these things and therefore states couldn't make it illegal because you have that right to only only your doctor would know whether yeah. or not you were pregnant and had this procedure or not. Right. right. And otherwise I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how all of this shakes out. There's other stuff happening in the world, though. We're going to be getting to that here. You have something from Fee, but before we get back into that, I do want to remind you that we are here until July the 3rd, so you're welcome to hang out with us. If you're already on your way here, we will be here. We are at RV site 46 here this year. Next year, we're actually going to be a little bit higher up the hill. I'm looking forward to that because that was the site that we were at like two or three years ago. That's always been my favorite site, right? Because it's right there at the top of the hill, but we're here. Come hang out with us. It's a beautiful Beautiful day i don't think any additional rain is expected until possibly saturday i don't remember now but last time i looked i think it was all clear skies at 80 degree weather so it's going to be beautiful and if you want you can definitely come hang out with us there's no ticket costs, just all you have to do is get here and book your rv site camping site or motel We're with roger's Campground. check it out at forkfest.party there is more coming up it is free talk live It is Free Talk Live from Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire here at Fort Fest 2022, Fork Fest number six. That's the year it is, obviously. Fork Fest 4 was the first year of the flippening. Oh, that yeah. That was when Fork Fest took place after the Fork Pine Fringham Festival. Last year it carried on that tradition, and this year it carries on. It was interesting to watch the evolution of the Goldbacks because that's how I track whether. I'm fighting with my dog here because she has to be on a leash right now. If you're dog wondering fight. what all of that was, and it's she's trying to break my wrist, and I don't approve at all of what she's doing. But anyway, Captain, you have an article here from the Foundation for Economic Education. I do. Tell us about this, because it's, a, it's about assault weapon bans, and it's unclear what an assault weapon even is.
1: Well, and there's been some news recently that relates to you know, all things guns as well. So I thought that this was interesting, because the headline reads, The federal government's own study concluded that its ban on assault weapons did not reduce gun violence. So a lot of the uh, the the folks who are in support of more gun control by the goons of government uh, generally will say something along the lines that, well, if we ban the assault style rep- weapons, then it will reduce gun violence. Well, uh, the government did a study when it was you know said, hey, the assault weapons are banned. Well, I mean, and- most
0: of the gun violence that we see in the United States is caused by you know much smaller arms than, you know, an AR-15. Yeah. The, the, all of these shootings that have been publicized this year, I think the Uvalde shooting involved a rifle, yeah. but it doesn't sound like it was an AR-15. Yeah. I, I don't remember the specifics now, but it makes sense to me that most gun violence is committed with a handgun, because I think about people in Chicago, right? Yep. Which is the gun violence capital of the United States. Yep. And guns are the, banned. Yep. Yeah. It's <laughs> incidentally, where guns are banned, and that's where, you know... They use handguns for this sort of thing. That, that's by far the most common. Nine millimeters, I would imagine. Uh,
1: the article says, uh, this, do something. This is a response and perhaps a natural one to a human tragedy or crisis. We saw this response in the wake of 9-11. We saw it during the COVID-19 pandemic. And we're seeing it again following three mass shootings, Buffalo, New York, Uvalde, Texas, and Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, in this case, the something is gun control. Uh, In Canada, where no attack even occurred, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced the introduction of legislation that would freeze handgun ownership across the country. What this means... Good
0: Lord, so they're banning guns in Canada?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's not... I mean, those poor Canadians, but I mean... Well, Trudeau's a douchebag
1: anyway, but... uh, It goes on to say, what this means is that it will no longer be possible to buy, sell, transfer, or import handguns anywhere in Canada. Trudeau said in a press conference. The United States, the rhetoric has tended to be more heated but also vague, though some specific proposals have emerged. Over the weekend, Vice President Camelto Harris called for an all-out ban of assault weapons.
0: At least Canada's targeting the actual weapon that's generally responsible for gun violence, though. They're not just targeting random guns. It's obvious that the American government, they don't like assault weapons, and that's generally because they know that your AR-15, it can, push comes a shove, be used to defend yourself against the government, yeah. whereas your 9mm is not going to be shooting down any Black Hawk helicopters anytime soon. Right. Uh, Camelto Harris said, we know what works
1: on this. It includes, let's have an assault weapons ban, she told reporters in Buffalo. On, uh, I think this was last Thursday. Joe Biden, uh, speaking from the White House, uh, called on Congress to pass new gun control legislation, including a ban on assault weapons. How much more carnage are we willing to accept? Biden asked. Which, but I mean that doesn't opens up a whole other argument about uh, guess who causes the most death by military style weapons. The military, of
0: course. Well, yes, and the police, right? Yes. That, that's who the, the best...
1: militarized police yes. now. So apparently in 1994, uh, there was an assault and, weapons ban.
0: And to give you an idea of how common these these ARs be, I mean, if, if you're shot by an AR, chances are, an AR-15, chances are it's going to be a cop who shot you. Yep. I recently received back the DVR that was taken from my house when I was raided on March the 16th of 2021. Oh, nice. I got the DVR back, right? and i was shocked to learn that they did not wipe the footage or any of that so all of that's there like right before they actually you know kicked that down my shocking. door and all of that All of that footage is actually there, viewable, and I took a quick look at it, and I was shocked to find that these people, because I vaguely remembered it was six o'clock in the morning. I had gone to bed drunk, and you know, I do have a memory of what happened that day. But it's it's shocking to look at this footage and see these these police officers, these FBI agents, these dozens upon dozens of people standing in my front yard with assault rifles, waiting to attack my house. Right. It's absolutely jarring. To to realize, you know, that's how militarized the police are. They, they oh, they do are. This they're over a peaceful person.
1: They are definitely standing armies where there should be none. Uh, the over militarization of the police uh, has come to pass, and it's just a fact of life right now in the United States.
0: And it's not changing any time soon. So tell us more about what the federal government has learned in regard to this and how the, the, assault rifle, the assault weapons bans don't actually do anything to lower gun violence.
1: Well, there's numerous problems with the proposals, starting with the sticky question of defining what an assault weapon is, of course. Assault rifles, which by definition are capable of selective fire, are already banned under the National Firearms Act of 1934. The vague phrase assault weapon is basically a tautology by definition. Any weapon can be used to assault someone and virtually useless. The term might be effective politically, but as the economist Thomas Sowell has pointed out, the guns politicians choose to define as assault weapons typically are no more dangerous than others that are not specified. We know this because the U.S. had a ban on assault weapons as recently as 2004 something gun control supporters recently pointed out on Twitter. We had an assault weapons ban for 10 years, 1994 to 2004, said Dr. Joanne Freeman, a historian. I'm sort of
0: surprised to hear that. I didn't remember that. I mean, I wasn't politically active then, but that is surprising to hear. Yeah, I, I Come vaguely, and take it, these Americans like to say. I
1: vaguely recall this because in '94 I was... You know, my early 20s, and I was still, you know, trying to just drink and party and be in bands and stuff like that. So I didn't pay a lot of attention to what was going on politically. But I vaguely recall something about this in in 94 and the whole assault weapons thing. It's all very familiar to me. Uh, It goes on to say the world didn't end. People kept their guns. In other words, they didn't turn in the guns that were instantly made illegal when this uh, legislation was passed. Uh, They bought new guns and it was hardly an attack on gun ownership. So, uh, the Public Safety and Recreational Firearms Use Protection Act of 1994 targeted firearms deemed useful in military and criminal applications, but unnecessary in shooting sports or self-defense. Freeman is right that the ban lasted a decade before expiring on September, ter- September 13, 2004. She's also right that the world didn't end, and Americans continued to use and purchase other types of firearms. What Freeman didn't bring up was the effectiveness or lack thereof of the government's federal assault weapons ban. Nearly- well,
0: It only lasted for ten years. And I imagine that's what some people would say. And th- did this actually require the people who had, you know, assault weapons at those times to to surrender their arms to the government? I don't
1: believe so but i'm not exactly sure what was required of people when this went into effect
0: we're going to get more into this subject so stick around it we're going to talk deeply about gun rights in america i'm surprised to hear that americans at any point these come and take it people actually i'm not surprised at all let the government come and take it there's more coming up here it is free talk live It's free talk Live From Porkfest 2022 Here at Rogers Campground In beautiful White Mountain City Here at the Porcupine Freedom Festival Is over And it was a resounding success Very little seemed to go wrong this year Of course I get her. I returned today I'm trying to do laundry And of course The machine that I'm using Decides to flood the entire building But None of that happened During the Porcupine Freedom Festival Like one toilet got stopped up, I believe, and like one of the water pipes down here at the bottom of the hill was busted, so that site was unavailable. What surprisingly smooth how this Porcupine Freedom Festival is. Considering how packed it was. Yeah. I mean on that note, I'm a little bit disappointed. Normally after the Porcupine Freedom Festival, when you walk through here there isn't a piece of trash on the ground.
1: I, I thought it was relatively clean after Porcupine Freedom Festival was over.
0: It was cleaner last year, and it was cleaner the year before. And I hate to say this, but this was probably one of the things the Pork Rangers actually did right. Like, before they would check you out or whatever, they inspected your campsite to make sure you weren't leaving any trash around or anything like that. There's a fire pit over here that's just filled with trash. Someone's going to have to either burn that or do something with it at some point. And there are miscellaneous pieces of trash just scattered around the campground. And that's disappointing because libertarians, are our whole thing is private property and cleaning up behind us. So That said, it is very minor considering there were 3,000-ish people here over the last week. So yeah, yeah. in the grand scheme of things, it is very, very, very clean. But it's not libertarian levels of clean, I guess is what I say. But anyway, Captain and I are joined here by Sean Grisham. Chris, I'm sorry, who you do uh, Chuck Wagon sodas. And it's one of my, like, you're the first vendor I stop at every time (laughs) I come here because you get a steel mug. This year, they weren't, you didn't have the, well, you did have the steel mugs, but they were smaller. Smaller, yeah. Yeah.
4: So we had, our order got messed up and we got the large ten mugs, which have a really awesome design on them. They're kind of neat looking. Just the cup quality is not quite as good. It's only, it's really just that it's only good for cold stuff. It's not good for hot and cold Mm. versus the uh, stainless steel mugs are good for either, Hot yep. or cold, and we still had those. They were just in the 16-ounce instead of 32-ounce cup.
0: But it's by far the best deal here at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Uh, $20 for that steel mug, or in this year's case, the tin mug, mm-hmm. and you get you know unlimited refills of your delicious sodas. Yep. I've been meaning to ask because... I've inadvertently given up caffeine this week. I didn't really intend to. Is there caffeine in your There's version? not. They're
4: all caffeine-free, 100% cane sugar. There's no chemical carbonation. They're not like all organic, homemade sodas. They're not brewed. They are made from a syrup base, but it's uh. he tries to keep them all old-fashioned style. One gentleman makes all the sodas for me out of Reading, Pennsylvania.
0: Very awesome. I assumed there was no caffeine in them, yep. but I wasn't 100% sure, so I did want to verify that because, incidentally, I... Completely kicked caffeine throughout the last week and didn't mm-hmm. really notice, I guess. But I cut down <laughs> caffeine significantly over the past few months, anyway. Yep. So, how was vending this year compared to previous years? I know you downscaled a lot, right? I
4: did. I downscaled massively. Uh, I had last year. I brought four food trucks and with uh, four people to run them, and it was chaos. And I barely slept, and it was horrible. And did you make I, a lot of money though? Last year was very lucrative. It was okay, good. There's
0: that at least. But yeah,
4: it's, it wasn't worth it though. Okay. <laughs> we sold all three of our food trucks. We only kept the soda wagon. Yeah. Um, so we had it here. The food trucks were still here. The people I sold them to did bring them. So uh, two well, two out of the three. But uh, yeah, and they did very well this year. They, it was But they weren't was awesome. taking
0: crypto and gold back. They
4: weren't. And that was kind of, I feel like that was my fault. I should have talked to them. and got it set up on their system. But I've been out of town fault. for the last month and a half since they bought it, and they're learning everything, so they've been busy with you know the chaos of the business. So I
5: can imagine I hadn't
4: gotten around to like getting them set up, and I didn't even think about it until actually yesterday. Matt said that to me, and <laughs> I was like,
0: I had noticed that on my first day though that they weren't taking uh, cryptocurrency and goldbacks. Of course, I can't use cryptocurrency, but I can use goldbacks, and I prefer to go to places today. When I asked them, they were like, no, and I was like, all right, well I'll go somewhere else then. But I took a look around, and I was like. Uh no you're new here and it's not worth it to me to keep hunting around so here's 10 dollars or whatever it was. Yep. That that said, I would certainly rather they take goldbacks, but it is not for everyone. I understand that.
4: It is and they just didn't like they don't have an understanding of it. They uh I I always say they're kind of free stater friendly. They, uh, we know them through our homeschool group. They're they homeschool their kids and stuff. They're part of the same group as us. They're around a ton of free our cuz our homeschool group has got like probably 10 or 12 freestaters in it. Okay. So it, they they get a lot of influence in that way. They're very open to the ideas of but you know, they're still learning in that way. They don't understand the crypto. They I mean, don't understand it. In a it, way that's pretty cool though that you know,
1: you had this business arrangement and you were able to bring them all to the festival. Yeah. And and that kind of thing. That's pretty cool to me.
4: Yeah, no, we were really happy. And like I said, it worked out great with just the people we found of Cello 2. They were, you know, semi-like-minded. And, and uh, I wish I would have gotten a chance to talk to them about it because I think they totally would have been open to it. Uh, but I just didn't get a chance to set it up. And, I, you know, I would have stuck any pay on their system. And It's so easy to use. It's just like boom, boom, boom. They could have sure. just done it. And hopefully but. people who did... You know, patronize their trucks were like hey do
1: you take crypto do you take goldbacks and they yep. heard this a, a number of times so. i'd
4: say i guarantee they got asked a lot and there's even stickers saying we take crypto and goldbacks on the windows of their trucks because i <laughs> put them on there so unless i'm pretty positive they didn't take them off but i didn't i didn't look because i didn't even think that they wouldn't be because i yeah. it just didn't process for me until the end of the week
0: so a number of years ago, uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival sort of opened up the campground where you, you didn't have to have a wristband to enter and stuff like that. And it was widely regarded as a success. You know, it was the biggest year of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. And this year, I think it topped that. So how do you feel that the Porcupine Freedom Festival is progressing? And do you think it's made the right decisions? Do you think it's still growing?
4: Um, I mean it has it's proven that it's growing because we released another 500 tickets this year and between tickets and children we had by far the largest number that we ever had registered. Um, obviously I don't have the, I don't have the numbers yet for like the final people that actually registered and checked in but even myself, I never got down there to get my ticket and get registered so I'm not in the system as been having been here even though I was. Um, so not everybody does, even though they pay for a ticket. They don't know they need to go down there, or whatever, Good just point. don't care about it.
0: I mean, and no one's checking for wristbands. Let's say wristband nope. required beyond this point, but I mean, I imagine most of the people who went down there, they did have a ticket, whether they had the wristband with them or not.
4: Yep, uh, I think it's true. Like I said, we sold three thousand tickets this year, and we sold out. what, awesome. Two months ago, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. it was it was a, it was a success in that way that like we were just rocking. We sold the campground out, you know, three months before. And you know there was points where we were able to get a couple more people in with you know certain cancellations and stuff like that, but it was it was a full sellout event as that far as that goes. Awesome! So that our numbers are awesome. The turnout was great. Uh, I feel like the crowd was a little more. Libertarian this year. We had a, a really heavy liberal presence last year. Did then, we? Well, I mean, just like the number of like Biden stickers I seen on cars and stuff like that yeah. last year. Um, and then the advertising, I guess, that Dennis had said he did was like a lot of left advertising trying to bring them in, thinking they could get some semi like mindedness. I felt like the crowd was a little more balanced this year. Okay. For, towards libertarianism It's
0: definitely possible to, you know, reach people on the left with the ideas of liberty. And yeah, there's that, a lot of
4: crossover.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's sort of one of the frustrating things I see see a lot uh, in the free state project in particular is that there's a lot of crossover between libertarians and you know conservatives they they all agree on the ideas of small government and stuff like that but we also agree socially with a lot of the ideas of the democrats we just don't think government is the answer as yep. they do but we can still reach them and their ideas just in a different way yep so it's good to see that it's good to see the porcupine freedom festival doing well i'm looking forward to next year i mean knocking on wood and hoping that things go well in november Yep. And they're no longer, you're no longer responsible for organizing all of the vendors right Yeah, I
4: don't organize the vendors anymore. We don't like, you know, put them in their spots anymore or do any of the, as you were speaking of, the deposit that he has to use for leave to show that they cleaned up afterwards. Otherwise, they're going to leave their deposit behind. So that does leave a little bit of the issue that you were bringing up of every once in a while you find a little more trash than you should, or somebody doesn't throw their last trash bag out and just leave it in the site. There's a group of us that go around afterwards, usually, and uh, that didn't get put together this year. So I've gone around and picked up all the stuff that was like people left behind, like drinks that they just weren't taking with them on Mm -hmm. their plane. So they left them there and I just put them up on the tables, let people grab whatever they want for a day or two. And then I'll take my truck around and pick the rest of the crap up just to make sure I can don't, you know, we leave it as clean as possible.
0: Well, thank you so much for doing that.
4: Uh, I mean, it's, you know, we we all make this thing work, right? It's not one person.
0: I would love to train my dog here to, like, pick up the litter and bring it to me so I can throw it away. Like, just let her loose. Because the- she loves picking stuff up, right? Like, if I, ca- I could teach I kind of her-
4: have that. I have two kids that love to do it. So they, you know, they're they like, oh, there's trash, Dad. We're on a walk, and they're just, like, bringing me all kinds of It's like, oh, okay. You so know.
0: how long are you staying here at ForkFest?
4: We'll be here till at least Wednesday, maybe Thursday. We're not really sure yet. We're um, We're not. We, uh, my truck's in the shop Supposed to get it back tomorrow But we'll see what happens Taking and either some
0: time way, off well, hmm? Taking some time off
4: Yeah well we're kind of in the middle of uh, Getting our new equipment We just bought a new truck and trailer So we're trying to get everything set up
0: There's more coming up here from Fork Fest. It is Free Talk Live talk Live from the Pork Fest 2022 here at Rogers Campground, the beautiful White Mountain of New Hampshire, and I want to tell you about TruthSmacks. Go to TruthSmacks.com. If you like trail mix, if you like snack foods and things like that, you want to check these out. They're unadulterated. They use raw ingredients. None of this overly processed crap. It's all sourced. It's all organic. I don't... Well, actually, I don't know if it's organic, so don't quote me on that, but it's not overly processed. You can find it at TruthSmacks.com. It comes in two varieties. There's original flavor and peppermint infused, which... Uh, Everyone likes it, but everyone that I've seen try it says, you know, it's not for them. It's mm. good, but it's not something they want to regularly eat, but maybe you'll like it. You know, try it out, truthsmacks.com if you want to check it out. Susan was here with us last week on the show, and we talked quite a bit about it. So check it out at truthsmacks.com. We're talking now, just sort of looking back at the last week of the Porcupine Frida Festival and how things went. I think it was, I mean, as you said, Sean, we're, we also have Sean Grissom joining us here. It was the biggest Porcupine Frida Festival yet, wasn't it? I mean, in terms of raw numbers as far as- At least in tickets sold
4: Tickets sold And like I said We did sell out everything We sold out all the local hotels The hotel here and as, as well as the entire campground.
0: is it the hotel here like always sold, sold out like every year though?
4: Uh, generally that is true because we, g- actually generally we rent out one of the entire hotels mm-hmm. for the, the volunteers and certain uh, people that are coming in, speakers and stuff like that. So we hold yeah. one of them entirely no matter if we end up using it or not. To, okay. So sometimes we end up with rooms that never get used. Uh, because we're I just did that holding. one year,
0: I would not recommend it. It's obscenely expensive. Yeah, and I mean, especially during that particular week, I think I spent like fourteen hundred, maybe. I think it was about fourteen hundred dollars on the rooms for the two week period. I mean, oh, it was wow. a two week period.
4: I, I was going to say I heard it was about a hundred bucks a night, so yeah. it's not. I mean. But then the room you, didn't get the, used, and it, that you know, sucked. And the rooms are uh, not known for being, oh, you know, the, the nicest place to stay. But you're right on site, so there's a lot of convenience to it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it's a rustic ho- hotel room, right? Yep. I mean, it's it's a motel and a campground. You're not staying at, you know, like a, a fancy resort or anything like that. Here, yep. they did recently upgrade the televisions. Not that I didn't even turn mine on, but they actually have flat screens this year, whereas last year I believe it was just the, the old, you know, 17 inch CRTVs that yeah. you know weigh 150 pounds or whatever. <laughs> So it's been fun watching the Porcupine Freedom Festival here sort of decentralized. I know this year there, there were surprising things on the calendar that I didn't expect. I know in previous years they used the Hoover app. I actually just got called by Whova, I assume, because two years ago I looked into using them for Fort Fest And I went with Eventify instead because Eventify actually got back to me in a timely fashion. And Whova didn't. Whova wouldn't even give me a price. That's how expensive they are. They're like, we're not even quoting you a price. You have to call and have a 30-minute appointment with us. I was like, no, no. Yeah. I want to pay someone money to give me access to a platform. I can figure it out. I, by 30 minutes, I want to be building the thing, not listening to your sales pitch. And they weren't able to accommodate that, so I went with Eventify. Hmm. Which it was a decentralized platform, right? It was great when we had it here at that Fork Fest, but it required me to go around, talk to all of the vendors, find out what they were doing there, when they were doing it, and manually add that myself. We wanted something that allows people to add it directly themselves. Right. But such such a piece of software doesn't exist at this point. But the Porcupine Freedom Festival, they dropped Hoover this year, from what I could tell. They just had the. Last official. two
4: years, yeah.
0: Oh, they didn't have it last year either? Yep. Okay. But they dropped it a number of years ago then, and it's been interesting to see the results of that, because, like... The Mikey, who normally has snacks here, he had an event listed on the calendar this year. What, what is the mechanism that P- the Porcupine Freedom Festival is using to allow people to add their own events in that way?
4: Um, so I don't know exactly who built I believe Dennis who's the one that was passing it around to everybody, Dennis Pratt. And he was uh, set up something so that we could all just kind of enter in the information ourselves. And it got put on to it. So I don't know if he was having to manually do it or if it was auto-entering once you kind of filled out his online sheet. Mm-hmm. Um it simplified it and anybody could do anything. I mean a lot more stuff has been decentralized here and we're trying to get everything, all the little events, the alt expo, or anybody that just wants to do something at their own personal site, get all of that onto the schedule and the way to do it and so that you know, it's it's less the the FSP has been taking on less and less each year as far as trying to make it less official, more decentralized. I don't know if that's their necessarily their reason behind it or what but that's the way it's been going um, volunteers have been harder to get and stuff like that. So less people that have to do it have been made things easier for all of us. I
1: love the, the concept of decentralization. And yeah. I'm glad to see that it's you know, heading down that road at least.
4: Yeah, no, I've been in favor of it. I mean, they, they all but basically took away the position I used to do of vendor coordinator by not coordinating the vendors. I still send out emails. I still help the vendors on site, yeah. take care of little issues and stuff like that. But I did that before too. I do this for a living, vending and such. So people came to me and asked me questions. I've always got equipment with me and stuff like that so it just it was a fit you know I'm not much with the pregame getting things set up I'm not that person but on site I like it that's an exact example of the only kind of authority
1: I respect, right, and that is the authority of the expert in a field or or a field. If I were a first time vendor and I had no idea what I was getting into or what I was doing, I would try and find somebody like you, yep. right, that I could go and ask some questions, you know, best practices, all that kind of stuff.
4: Absolutely. And anytime they get any questions throughout the year about vending and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, feel free to give out my phone number, give out my email, let them contact me. I'm happy to help people answer questions wherever I can. I don't mind doing that kind of stuff, you know and then like I said on site I, I enjoy it I love the event it's my favorite two weeks of the year we show up early we leave late and we just we we really enjoy it I love the community the way it comes together and we just build an agorist community for uh, you know two weeks almost and it's just awesome to see it and yeah, I hope long term it can become you know
0: Someone at one of the uh, vendors up here described it as a village, and I had never thought about those terms. But they asked me when I was you know, ordering food, and they said, "So are you staying at the village?" And I was like, "What are you? What, what do you? What do you mean the village?" <laughs> but then I realized that you know, for for those two weeks out of the year, it's. Or the one week out of the year, especially the porcupine yep. freedom festival it is sort of a a self contained village of libertarians i mean it wouldn't be sustainable because there's no one you know produce, really producing anything here everything has to be brought in food and stuff like that but it does take on sort of the form of a village for that week long period rogers sure. campground and it's it's amazing to watch that happen
4: yep no it is it, it's it, i just i love it
0: so much so and you the- came up early this year is that correct yes. how how was that because i'm I'm of the imp- imp- I'm of the mind that the the Fork Fest, the festival that we do, should move back to the beginning of the Porcupine Freedom Festival.
4: Um. So uh, the last couple of years, there's been weddings before, so like the couple of days before, a lot of people are coming in early for the wedding, and so you get ah. a bigger crowd that way. Um. And then on top of that, there's just quite a few people that know. Like once Monday starts, the chaos begins. There's so many speeches. There's so much going on. They're selling. They're vending. There's so many people they want to see and talk to. They're not gonna. They're gonna be nonstop. So having a couple days of downtime to kind of get into the flow of it and have it build up for them instead of just walk into it is uh is nice. That's one of the reasons I do it. I also go around and check all the sites, make sure we have power and stuff like that so that people aren't walking into sites that don't work, spe- in the, especially in the vendor area specifically. Yeah, That's so, really cool of you. Uh, it's just, you know, we want to make it go as smooth as possible. I don't want to have to fix everybody's problem when they're showing up. <laughs> I want to fix the problem. <laughs> just, you know, What's that about an ounce simple. of prevention? Something like oh, that? Oh, I, I, yeah.
0: So the Porcupine Freedom Festival, it is officially over. From what I could tell, it, it sort of has calmed down a lot, right? Like I remember a few years ago, there, there was a lot more usage of psychedelic. Like people, you you, you could tell that people were like openly on some sort of psychedelic. But this year it it seems to have sort of I don't know if I use the word mature, but it, it seems to have shifted in a sort of a a hangout drinking beer kind of thing. Yep. Versus the the let's do a bunch of LSD and see what happens thing. I mean there was a, a whole tent ago. set
4: up two years ago where people were just like the you know MDMA or LSD tent where everybody's just like sitting around, there's some lights going on, some soft music, you know. Oh every, that's true. Yeah like there were two it,
0: such tents. So there were well, okay
4: I I knew of one of them. You know, I was like Well, one
0: was definitely for psychedelics. The other one was suitable for psychedelics. Okay, okay. that was yeah. Yeah. So I I remember what you're talking about. That those were gone this year. Yeah, yeah,
4: they were. And I'll say this: like we had over 600 kids registered this year so that means the family atmosphere was way thicker than it ever has been in the past
0: there were a lot of kids there was for a sure. lot of
4: kids this year it was it was surprisingly and it went surprisingly well we had a couple of small issues but nothing major
0: a lot of you kids know. vending i noticed and i, yeah, mean, I
4: enjoyed that
1: part because yes. I, I learned you know sort of basics of you know job working way earlier than the law actually would allow for but that's because I had family that was like, you know, hey, I'm gonna put you to work here. I'll pay you under the table, that kind of a thing. Yep. So I really enjoy seeing the kids doing the things, selling the maps and all that. I said the stuff.
4: maps were awesome. Mo and uh, Rebecca have been great about that. That was their whole kind of goal. They wanted the ma- maps and schedules to go out, and they're like, and we want to put the kids to work, and this is just a great way to do it. I liked it, it when the kids so had
0: something interesting, right? But when they were just going around, like, hey, you want to buy a bottle of water? I'm Like, no, Every, everyone here has brought water, right? Yep. But if you have something interesting, like some art you did, I don't care if it's crap. You're not sure, I'll buy it. Why yep. not? It's like support the kid in their endeavor. but
4: it, it used to be like everybody pulling around a wagon, too, and like, can I take your trash down? That one used to be a big one I, oh, that for works, years and yeah. years. I haven't seen them doing that in a couple of years. Uh, like you get a random one, but like it was consistent for a while there. Like, five times a day, I got kids coming by. You know, obviously, they'd hit me up with all the food trucks, and they'd be like, oh, can we take your trash out? It's like, hell yeah, I can't. <laughs> <Right?
0: laughs> so things have definitely changed here, and that's been fun to see. I look forward to being here next year, and Sean, thank you so much for joining us no, here. No, absolutely. Thank you. We are here at ForkFest, and we're going to be here until July the 3rd. So come down, hang out with us. You can find out about the festival at ForkFest.Party. That's ForkFest.Party. It is Free Talk Live. It is free talk live from Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. A nice, warm, breezy day—not overly hot like the 90-degree weather we had the other day. Today yeah, it's, is just beautiful.
1: It is gorgeous out here, and it's know, mid-70s and light breeze. And it's just comfortable.
0: It's yeah, it's perfect weather. But Captain and I were joined now by Terry Lupo. Uh, you
5: live here at Rogers? Is that correct? That's right. I uh, I live here in the summertime, and we snowbird down south currently to down in South Carolina. Hmm.
0: So what's it like, like living here? I, I've always been curious about that.
5: So I've been coming to um, Rogers for so many years, and I was like, man, this is so beautiful. I walk out and it's like a postage stamp picture, you know, like a. Um, it and, is, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I really just love this energy. I would love to live here for the summer, and it's it's really nice and relaxing if you have kind of more of a permanent spot, you know. Uh, like Pork Fest is a non-stressor to me. I don't really have to travel. I can set up. You know, it takes sure. a few days or whatever. But other than that, it's very simple, and I I just love it. I love living up in uh, the North Country. So if you guys haven't checked it out, the North Country's is really nice in the summer. It is. It gets a little cold
0: for my taste. I mean, it's June, uh, late June right now, so it's the it's yeah, pretty warm it's here. Perfect even at right, night. right now. But like even April, May. I mean, well even Keene
5: gets chilly. We got lucky, man. Last summer was like nuclear. And <laughs> yeah. this summer has been really nice weather. Uh, I couldn't ask for better weather for pork fest, and it's been really nice here. Even the rain wasn't a big deal the other day. So
0: yeah, it rained uh, very briefly, if I briefly. remember correctly, and most of that was while people were sleeping.
5: Yeah, so it's 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 a crapshoot because it's on the side of the mountain, but I, I love it. Uh, if you guys get a chance, it's a good way if you're trying to put your foot in the water. Or you have. So many people that are like, oh, I can't move to New Hampshire because the weather. You know, like, okay, snowbird because my residence is here. I can do things, and if I, if I really wanted, I could try to find a place to run for the winter up here. And I have. I've only snowbirded a little bit, but you know, and there's really long no. How And you
1: had the place here at the campground?
5: This is what our third year. Okay. Third, year, 2020. So okay. The seconds, yeah, two years, two years, um, and uh, but before that, I was living in New Hampshire yeah. full time.
0: So last year, you, in a, you had a booth. Uh, uh, no, that was two years ago, I suppose. So I guess that would have been, or I don't remember exactly. Whatever it was that we performed
5: here, I think oh, that was two years ago. I think it was 2020, maybe, or 19. I don't know.
1: Yeah, this would be my third year, so it was the first, so 2019.
5: So you yeah, do chiropractic here at
0: the Porcupine Freedom Festival. How, how, is that a successful <sighs> you thing know, to do? I, uh,
5: so what we do is we kind of have that strategy of, I like to have a lot of freedom in my life, and we live on a ridiculously low budget of money. Okay. So, if you're kind of like that, where you guys are, you know, maybe van life or, or schoolies, um, we earn enough at Porkfest usually to pay for our entire year up here. Wow. So, that's pretty good. Yeah. Like, I'm really hopping at Porkfest, but people know me and, and I've been right. here forever. But it took a while to get to that because my first few I didn't do that well. You
0: but also have a good location. I mean, like here on location. the corner and stuff. Like everyone walks by there. If you put out, you know, advertisement, I think you did put out something this yeah, year. We, I mean, everyone's going to see it.
5: We have a banner, and so um, you know, I'm I'm almost a retired chiropractor. I, I don't like to do it full time. So this is perfect. I earn enough in the summer, and then we just play for the winter. Very cool. Now you, you've been what year of the Porcupine Freedom Festival is this for you? Oh, gosh. My first was two thousand seven, so I don't. Oh, okay, so like fifteen or sixteen, something like something that. Something like that. I've never missed one. Uh, how do you feel about its changes over the years? Really because- interesting, because you know when I first got here, it was still very much a males' club of you know I think it was something like nine to nine to one of women. You know, I remember sure. guys just like if you were a libertarian guy, girl, they would just surround you and like you'd have twenty guys looking at you, talking to you, and it was tough because it was a very kind of. Socially awkward, autistic crowd, in a sense, but they were fun and they were hardcore. Yeah. But now, to see it swing, I was talking to my partner, and I was looking at the playground this year, and I was like, "Man, I cannot believe how many kids and families like these people that were such the hardcore activists are now just breeding liberty. They're just having little, you know, homeschool kids and stuff like that." And I, it, I think that's why you're saying the energy's commerce is it's kind of shifted. It's a lot less. You know, it's single partiers to, yeah. to family. And it's not a bad thing. I mean, it's matured, like yeah. you say. I mean, you can definitely find that party element if you're looking for it. It's not it has, It's not like it's not here. Well, and you've but been able to
1: witness sort of the, you know, I'll call it the first generation of New Hampshire liberty, like, born that way. Yeah. You know, kind of a thing. And if you've been doing this 17 years, you've seen those families grow up.
5: It's really weird. Yeah, I've seen them meet at Pork fest, and bring little babies, and now these kids are like. I don't recognize them they're like teenagers so yeah that's why I say they're really like breeding liberty Yeah, because you know I mean state is going to state and they're going to breed that and teach that and so I think it's good that it's the way to kind of have our hat in the ring I've always
1: maintained that uh, the most likely end to statism would come you know over the course of multiple generations and teaching actual liberty, which doesn't get done in the public schooling system, obviously.
5: Yeah, I, you, you can't. I, I don't understand how you can go to government school and then not have to reprogram your kid getting out of government school. So. It's been
0: interesting. It's certainly become more family friendly. Um, I noticed uh, this year, is the first year that I've been attending where they had a child do the soapbox idol thing. Uh, this was I think he wow. was 13 years old, and that's nice. never happened wow. previously. I've this, never seen that. Yeah, this little 13-year-old kid gets up there and you know, he he was nervous, visibly nervous, but there are adults who don't have the courage to stand on a stage full of people and talk into a microphone, and this little kid did it. Incidentally, his name was Jefferson, and he ended up winning, because I mean, ah. you just can't give a bad score to a 13-year-old kid. <laughs> he did talk about, you know, how COVID ruined his life, and later on, I guess I'm on a, a two for even mentioning COVID, but I mean, you can't do that to a 13-year-old whose life was ruined by the government response to COVID-19, so I was like, okay... You got a fair point here. I got to give it to the kids. So he ended up winning. And I I think this was their first year at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Mm But it's very clear that, you know, there, there is a new generation of libertarians on the way here. And the future is bright for those libertarians.
5: Yeah, it's really easy to get sucked into the darkness of all that's happened the last two years, but there is a silver lining that the people that didn't get sucked into that are stronger than ever together.
0: There are a lot of libertarians who sadly got sucked into that. Shockingly. Yeah. yeah.
5: Like people that I would never expect. It's like, you don't believe the government on any other thing, but some reason you believe them on this one thing. On this it's one like, thing. are, are you <laughs> I, So I'm a doctor and it's mind boggling to me, like the the fact that people just bought this without any... Any sort of research or hook, line, and sinker, just because it was uncomfortable or inconvenient.
1: And it just shows you how much control they have over people. That even folks who understand the non-aggression principle, understand thoughts and philosophies of freedom, still get sucked in. That's how much
5: power they have. That they twisted it so much in their heads to make it about the nap, and it's like, it's really not, you and, know? And and,
1: and and the government's played against everybody's fear, right? Everybody's been seeing, you know, The Walking Dead and all this television and movies where, you know, oh, some sort of a thing is happening, you know, and it's a virus. It's so
5: easy. It's so easy because, I mean, you know, there's so much fear stuff out there that it's it's such an easy way to get listeners. It's such an easy thing to pump out. They're always going to listen. But the, the good news is there's a bunch of us that have had enough, Yep. And pushing back, and we're just not going to live like that or act like that. And I just honestly, people, I'm oblivious to it. People will talk about it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, that's your that's your reality. Go have fun with that you know you um, mentioned NAP um, violations
0: and that was something that interested me because I can go back to the free talk live archives if I wanted to we're back in like 2018 2019 i was making the case that you know going out into public while having pneumonia or the flu could be considered a violation of that knowingly infecting someone with the disease I mean, if you knowingly give someone hiv i mean even if they're not going to get it 100% of the time you're committing a NAP violation i made the case that this was generally true of people walking around in public with pneumonia and the flu and stuff as well. Everyone disagreed until COVID-19 appeared, in which case all of those libertarians were like, no, no, it's a NAP violation yeah, you to not wear enough. a mask. I'm like, well, we're not even talking about people who are sick at this point. We're right. talking about healthy adults. And you're telling them that they're violating the NAP by merely existing as a society. That's not at all a NAP violation. But sure, if they get you sick, I, I could see how that could literally be a NAP violation, but not one worth doing anything about.
5: And I think it's unrealistic to try to control that because where where does it end? Yeah. You know.
0: Uh, Well, it doesn't end with masking and social distancing. That's clear. None of that seemed to do anything about COVID-19. It certainly didn't help in China where the lockdown measures were even more extreme.
5: Uh, I'm in the camp that I think it caused a lot more damage. You have a whole society of kids who are scared to touch people, think that everybody around them is giving them a disease. They're exercising why oxygen, you know, development is very important to the brain.
0: There is more coming up here from Fort Fest 2022. It is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live from Rogers Campground here in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. We're talking with Terry Lupo. And before we got... You didn't sit down to talk with us about COVID. It's it's interesting to look back on COVID-19 right now that the pandemic is quote over. I mean, at least as far as I can tell, it's over. They've replaced it with monkeypox, but monkeypox got put on hold for Pride Month. And it's going to be back... Uh, Monkeypox is already working its way back into the news cycle, but it's supposedly, you know, essentially an STD at this point. But really, like on Drudge Report, which I end up monitoring every day because I use it for the show, yeah. they mentioned Monkeypox all the way up until June the 1st, and then it went away. And now it's slowly working its way back in. It's well, a very polite virus.
1: Yeah, and for our <laughs> listeners out there to, to know the truth about Monkeypox, just don't pronounce the K.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And even more oh. interesting in regard to the monkeypox thing to me is that there was that, that monkey, that, that bus that crashed in Pennsylvania or the van that crashed in Pennsylvania or whatever that had a bunch of monkeys on it that were being used you know, in monkeypox testing. And I don't know, a few months later, suddenly you know, monkeypox is a big deal. So I'm not saying there's a conspiracy there, but there was the monkeypox
5: crash thing a few I'm, months ago. I'm, of course, ago. just saying follow the dollars. I'm saying there is because I think that these jabs have destroyed people's immune systems, and there will be a large amount of very sick people that are susceptible to whatever they put out next. And where you'll see a big die-off is going to be when it's winter time and it's virus time. Well, uh, you're going to see a lot of people getting sick. You're already seeing it now in other countries. Like if you go look at Australia, that are just entering winter, yeah. they are record numbers of deaths and sick, and uh, that'll come this winter here. But it's definitely
0: won't. destroying people's immune systems. So, like our yeah. own, Mark Edge has—he first got the uh, the Pfizer, I think, and then he no, he got the Johnson and Johnson, or he got one of them, and then he got a completely different one. You know, just mix and matching them because why not? Right? Who cares about what the science says? And I'm trying to figure out because
1: he and I both got sick about the same time with. Well I didn't go see a doctor with what I believe it was covid og oh, oh it
0: was for sure covid because we lost our sense of taste and smell like completely but, and- but I'm
1: trying to determine did Mark get the shot before or after he got covid After
0: So that's even more weird. The whole thing was weird, man. But, you know, people have started calling him pestilence. And as you (laughs) mentioned, it's destroying people's (laughs) immune systems. Mark has been sick this year more than
5: anyone I know. Legit, vaccine shedding is is real. And it's hard because it it seems so conspiracy. But I have seen so much of it already in my practice and in my life that you get around people that are vaccinated too much and everybody gets sick. And one of the big things I'm seeing are... Women, um, I don't know why this is happening, but it's affecting their uh, menstrual cycles. Yes, so they'll get around, and there will be four or five women. Like I just had my period because you know this one person showed up and spent a day with us, and it is consistent over and over and over. There is spike protein shedding that's causing that, and I'm not—I don't quite understand why the mechanism is, but it's—I mean, I've seen enough to be convinced.
1: Yeah, we've covered a number of the medical evidence. Uh, and philosophies regarding what that is and why we're seeing strangeness with women and their menstrual cycles. It's who getting worse. All been, they've all been vaccinated, and they're,
0: oh, we don't know. It's just some weird thing. It's like, no, we know. Just, you it's know. It's pretty clear. Yeah. Just like the the uh, sudden adult death syndrome, right? Oh that, yeah, that God. wasn't even a thing until, what, <laughs> a couple e- months ago?
5: Don't even start me. They're making up that. Well, yeah, it was like- a thing.
0: Apparently, it was a thing. Just like, you know, sudden infant death syndrome. But it was so exceedingly rare. I mean, can you imagine, like, a 22-year-old just dropping dead and the family, and, you know, the autopsy guy going, yeah, I don't know what killed him, and the family being okay with that? That, that ordinarily would not happen. It would be very extreme circumstances. But now, you know, healthy just, adults are just sort of dropping dead, and I don't know. I find that weird.
5: Yeah, it blows me away to see, like, all the athletes that kick over and die. Yeah, and some of them, went the like in the middle of playing yeah, the Olympians and, stuff, right? the and Olympians, that kind of stuff. Like yeah. people that, that, that was unheard of. I played rugby for 25 years. I only seen one death on the field. Then all of a sudden... People are dying left and right in one year. Yeah. I mean, you know. It's
0: something very unusual.
5: It's, it's, <laughs> yeah.
0: But speaking of the unusual, because yeah, you didn't sit there down to go. talk with us about COVID 19. No, I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like
5: a segue. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting off my soapbox.
0: Upcoming this year is the second, I believe. Is this third. the second, third, third Light and Liberty? This is something I've, it's the Light and Liberty Festival. Uh, Matt, who's on the show with us on Thursdays, calls it Woo Fest, I think. And, I don't know how you feel about that title, but it's officially or unofficially. I don't know how you guys do it. The Light and Liberty Festival. When is that exactly?
5: Okay, so it starts August 7th this year to August 14th. It is the same location as here, beautiful Rogers Campground. It is a decentralized event, just like ForkFest. Nobody's in charge. Everything's just set up by volunteers. If you want something, you just do it. You said it's the
0: 17th through the 24th?
5: No, the 7th. Okay. Through the fourteenth.
0: Okay, that okay. I don't know where I got. Okay, I'm not. I sure. just added a ten to both of those for That's some reason uh, in my head.
5: Well, Lisa was accurate. You <laughs> <laughs> transposed it well. Um, the the idea of light and liberty is that there was a lot of us that are either kind of spiritual or on the woo side, and uh, pork fest isn't really a spiritual event. Um, and and for a while, it was kind of a lot of agnostic or atheist uh, libertarians because. It just kind of goes hand in hand with what's out there. Like, you you know, it's a a large... So I always kind of felt, like, made fun of or embarrassed to be woo. Oh,
0: that's unfortunate.
5: now there's enough of us that I don't feel that way. And and it's changed. Like you said, it's matured. But back in the day, it was always like people would be like, oh, you're an idiot for believing in something higher. Someone mentioned this during
0: the the Soapbox Idol thing. Like, just one of these random attendees, they mentioned how, you know, they could... Get uh, a massage from someone who wanted to align their chakras and put them in touch with the universe, or whatever. I don't remember exactly how they put it, but just that sort of thing wasn't as prominent a number of no. years ago at the Perkuparina Festival. There
5: uh, was just a handful of us, and we were kind of like quiet. You know, it was it was <laughs> it was a small group, but it's been growing because I feel like I, I've I've tried to help do. Um, make an open tent for that in a little area. And now we have our own spiritual village. You know, we have our own Very little cool. thing cut out at, at Porkfest. And Light and Liberty happened as a result of us saying, we want liberty-minded people who are also wanting to explore their spirituality and, and and anything else. I mean, we're we're open-minded. It's just a respectful, it's not a, let's sit around and debate. It's not a, you're doing your religion wrong. It's not a, you're an idiot for believing in something, you know, uh that is not the vibe. There's no arguing at this festival. There's not. There's none awesome. of that. It's, it's more of, there's 50 events. You go around and you go to is what you want to go to. really? 50 events. Wow, and congratulations. They, yeah, there, it was really neat. There was too many. There was too many to <laughs> go to. But, um, but you can kind of go shopping at a buffet and be like, you know, I want to do this class on energy work and I want to hear about Kabbalah and I want to hear about, you know, spirituality and liberty and then I want to hear about you know, a kava ceremony and I want to go listen to sound bowls and I want to learn how to read a crystal ball and I want to learn how to do a tarot deck. And, you know, so you go to what you want and then and you're all like, of
0: that was here last year at light and Liberty. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic.
5: And it was like, uh, and it was all free. Um, and so you just kind of try it out and you'd be like, you know, maybe I should get into tarot. This is kind of fun. Or, you know, or, you yeah, know, this is a good point. Maybe I'll look into the spiritual. And so, It is multi-denomination. No one's left out if you want to talk about something. Our rule is just be respectful, and the the community polices itself. If you're like a jerk about stuff, they just won't invite you onto their spot. So that's
0: August 7th through the August 14th? 14th,
5: yeah. So if you're like a debatey libertarian, that's not the vibe you want to bring. Okay. But if you uh, want to come and explore your spirituality and everything else, because we had a UFO watch. You know, there's stuff paranormal. We had ghost walks. We had... uh,
0: So that's lightandlibertyfestival.com. if you want to learn more about it. That's lightinlibertyfestival.com. There's more coming up here. It is Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live from Rogers Campground here in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire celebrating Fork Fest, which is a fork of the Porcupine Feeder Festival. There, there was also something this year called Sportfest. I, I don't know much about it. It happened off-site, though. And the only part of it that I really saw was like there was some drama about something. I don't know. Yeah. It, I, it wasn't interesting. Tend to stay away
1: from the dramas.
0: Yeah, it wasn't entertaining. If it's entertaining drama, you know, I'll stick around with All right, what's going on here? But this wasn't even that. It was just boring. I was like, oh, God, these uh, libertarians, man. I'll have to say this is
5: probably the least drama I've ever seen at a pork fest or fork Forkfest. Yeah. This has been wonderful. It no fun. No No, fights, no. I didn't see any drama go down. It's been
0: great. I haven't seen any fights per se. I think the worst thing that I've seen happen at a Porcupine Freedom Festival, and I didn't even personally see this, was the guy who was on acid and tried to do a front flip over a campfire.
5: Oh, a couple years back. Like an idiot, yeah. Yeah, but I think that happens at every festival that's like, you know, you go to the Rainbow Festival some. Someone's trying to leap the bonfire. It's you know. Yeah, something. I don't think
0: that. Oh yeah, that was down there at the main. That was the main campfire that he yeah. was trying to jump. That's right. I'd He's forgotten to about that. Over yeah. the main fire, and that's why it's now inside of a thing. Yeah,
5: insurance yeah. and stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. People will be yeah. stupid. So you know? tell us about Light and Liberty Festival because I sure. wanted to make it last year or the year before. I don't remember the first year you guys had it. I wanted to make it. So I guess that would have been 2020, but you know, stuff came up.
5: Yeah, we'd love it if you want to um, come represent and uh, set up an event or just come and chill and, and experience everything. Anyone I mean more of that just come yeah, and chill
0: and experience everything.
5: That's fine, too. It's, it's, it's decentralized is all I'm saying. If you're like, hey, I really want you know, an event for whatever. Right. You, you just got to set it up. Same thing. So uh, I'd say like 99% of the stuff wasn't charged. There's maybe one or two classes people charged for just to recoup costs. Like okay. there was a I mean, spell box class or something, you know, you make a spell box, it costs five bucks, you know, something like that. Okay. Um, Affordable though. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing crazy. And then uh, what, what happened is it's kind of like Forkfest in a way that is kind of a rolling festival. It's small, it's intimate. There's maybe a hundred people that come and go, but it's rare that everybody's here at the same time. Like there's okay. 25 show up and another 25 roll in and another 25 roll in. And and because most of the activities will happen from Wednesday to Saturday, and then Monday and Tuesday and Sunday are kind of smaller day, lighter activities, chill days.
0: This would be like Fork Fest. then, yeah. in that like, regard. Like, I mean, Pork Fe- the Porcupine Freedom Festival follows that same general trajectory as well. I was shocked this year, not to change the subject, again, but I was shocked by how quickly the Porcupine Freedom Festival went from zero to 100. Like, yeah. by, by Monday afternoon, or maybe it was Tuesday afternoon, it seemed like a, like a Friday or
5: Saturday. Like it was a carnival that came into yeah. town or something. that just set up overnight. It was really impressive.
0: But the Lion Liberty Festival, it sounds like a it sounds like it's a more low-key thing. What it, sort of events? It is,
5: it is, and I think it's going to be bigger this year because the word's okay. out now, and people are like, right. oh, I keep missing it. So I think they'll come.
0: And that is going to be August the 7th through the 14th. Give me an idea of some of the events that take place. I know one year, um, I, I think it was the 2020 year, the first year you guys did it. Um, One of the reasons I really wanted to do it uh, was because Matt Roach, who, again, hosts the show with us on Thursdays, was talking about, you know— Using telepathy to reach out and communicate with you know, an extra-dimensional being or right. you know, a UFO or something like that. And that's, that sounds like something I'd want to be there for, It right? was
5: really cool. We did a what is called a CE5 event. If you go on Amazon and watch a movie, there's something called Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. And what it is is that we use consciousness, like a group consciousness, to actually try to reach out. Because if you believe in consciousness and, and how that's an energy that can cross time and space and light speed... Um, you can call out in the universe and say, "Hey, we're loving beings. We're peaceful. We're friendly. We'd love to just meet you." And we had two different events where UFOs showed up in the sky for a few minutes, flew around, and split.
0: Huh? I don't know so how it really worked. Could, it was cool. I don't know how anyone could dispute this idea that consciousness isn't something that you know we're injecting out there. It's readable by science at this point. They're right. li- literally using technology to find out what your brain is putting out there. Yep. And,
5: I'm of the old school that I believe the old ways were mostly right. They haven't really changed in 2,000, 3,000 years. And science has gone around, it's chased its tail over and over and over. And every 50 years, we redefine what it is. Like, 50 years from now, we're all going to look back and laugh at quantum physics. But right now, people think it's the coolest and everything is, oh, it's quantum, quantum, quantum. But we're going to look back and be like, oh, that's just... you know. But it, if you look at the science, they're talking about the same stuff that... That Hindus and you know have been talking about three thousand years ago.
0: There was a book that was written on that subject called "The Dancing Wu Li Masters." Have you ever read I it? Never heard of it. It's really good. I, I would highly recommend it. It does get the science a bit muddy in a few places, but fundamentally, it isn't incorrect. And that's essentially what it points out is that you know what what physicists are saying today about how we create the universe through observation and we create reality through observation is essentially just what you know the Hindus said you know five thousand years ago. The whole premise of the book is that modern science is just now catching up to ancient religion
5: exactly they haven't been changing and I or they're using science to try to prove you know quantum physics in the brain and and consciousness and and um, yeah if you need to really really understand it because if you're that kind of person that has to understand every little logical thing I'm more of a faith guy where I can feel it you know I know this is real this is more real than this reality here you know so that's that's my jam
0: I don't know if I would say that it's real. And I don't really know where I fall down on any of it. But I I will say I used to really struggle with uh, sleep paralysis right now. I'm sure you're familiar with it. I mean, it's where you're semi-awake. You're aware that you're asleep. Weird things tend to happen to people, uh, night terrors and things like that. Uh, People who report being kidnapped. I'm convinced that most of these, if not all of these, you know, kidnappings by abductions is the word they use by extraterrestrials is people engaging in sleep paralysis because I've, you know, I've ridden among the stars and spaceships and stuff like that and I know that it was sleep paralysis but it's it's fascinating. I, well, I don't know that it was sleep paralysis, right? And in those moments, everything that I feel and experience is as real to me as anything that I feel and experience when I'm awake. Exactly. And there is no disorder. waking up from these moments is sometimes literally impossible to tell at first until my brain, you know, reorients itself to reality, whether or not I'm still sleeping or still awake. It's not a fun time. And it's, it's incidentally, that's why people avoid Chantix, which I used to quit smoking, because it causes people to experience crap like that. I'm like, well, s- sign me up because I already experienced crap like that. So what's the worst it could do? And, it, you know, it did work for me for whatever that's worth.
5: Oh, you've heard of people using psychedelics and and traveling yeah. and having beautiful spiritual experiences. Yes, and um, and uh, you know, there's people leave their bodies all the time. I've I myself um, have had surgeries when I was a little kid where I left the room and watched the whole surgery and could there's tell like you what they astral said. Astral projection kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, and and I mean, a little. There's too many little kids out there that don't know you're not supposed to know this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you can tell the whole conversation your doctor had, you know that. So sleep paralysis is, is pretty scary, and it's not something everybody gets or understands, but hopefully it's something someone will pick up and do at the event, because it is interesting. I'm not sure if it is, you know, the extraterrestrial aspect or just astral travel with the body or just sure. leaving, playing with your consciousness in and out of your body and leaving this little... 3D reality for a minute.
0: Well, I mean, realistically, there there's no way to know the difference, right? I mean, there's no way to know which of these things and no measurement we could take to determine whether or not I was actually riding on, you know, a UFO or whether I was dreaming that or, you know, having a sleep paralysis ex- experience of that. There is no way to... I will say that it caused me to teach myself um, the ability to take control of my dreams, right? Because... And that, that was valuable. But the moment that I learned that particular ability was the last time I ever experienced sleep paralysis. Huh. It hasn't come back. So I, I don't know what the significance of that is, but it's definitely been interesting. And like That was five or six years ago at this point. So maybe yeah. that's an avenue for people to explore if you don't want that to happen. But then again, maybe now I'm missing out on some greater connection with the universe that I had previously that I
5: you know yeah, unintentionally you severed myself from. Learn to control it and use it the way you want. Yeah. You know?
0: And this is lightandlibertyfestival.com. That's the website. It's happening August the 7th through the 14th here at Rogers Campground. And there's no ticket. All people have to do is show up, right? Just
5: Yeah, just pay for a campsite. Yeah. Or, and, yeah. or just pay a $5 fee to get into the place if you're just coming for the day.
0: Is that all it is as a day fee? It's five Uh, bucks or something? It's five bucks. It might be
5: ten now. I don't know. Five. But it's, you know, it's cheap. Cool.
0: So that's lightandlibertyfestival.com if you want to check it out. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Lupo, for joining us. Yes. Lightandlibertyfestival.com
5: if you you want to check it out. Go ahead. I hope to see everybody there. It's real exciting this year.
0: We'll see you there. It is ForkFest, however, from Rogers Campground. It is Free Talk 5. Free Talk Live here at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire Pork Fest 2022 is officially underway, well unofficially underway I suppose, this is day two, day one I had to do some errands yesterday so it was, I, I planned to take the day off anyway to do said errands but as a result the the, the real errands ended up taking me down to Keene so I wasn't even here, I guess I was here for the first day but then I left. And then I'm here again for the second day. It is ForkFest. I mean, that's ForkFest. How that's the anarchic most, of you. Yeah, that's the most ForkFest thing ever, right? Anyway, we were just talking with Tara Lupo about the upcoming Liberty and Light Festival. Find out more about that at libertyandlightfestival.com if you want to check it out. That's libertyandlightfestival.com. In other news, though, Ghislaine Maxwell, and I know that's supposed to be pronounced some other way, and I don't really care because yeah. she's a, she, she enabled a pedophile for most of her life, so I don't really care to pronounce her name correctly. And everyone knows who I'm talking about anyway, yep. so screw her. She has been sentenced, finally, to 20 years in Jeffrey Epstein's sex trafficking case. And look, I don't support the government, I don't support the prison system, and I don't believe she should be in prison. And I realize a lot of people, I don't have a better solution, right? But I don't have to have a better solution to say, say that the current solution is immoral. And that's sort of where I come down on it. Who, Two wrongs don't make a right.
1: I want to know who her customer base is.
0: Yeah, I don't think we're ever going to find out, right? Ghislaine Maxwell was sentenced to 20 years in prison today for her role in helping powerful pedophile... Well, um, it's debatable whether or not he was a pedophile, right? But I don't want to get into that. Abused young girls, capping off a dramatic fall for grace for the British socialite turned convicted sex trafficker. U.S. District Judge Allison Nathan said the sentence of 240 months, which is... Which is a significant prison sentence, but it's less than what Ian and I are facing in the Crypto Six case, right? I'm facing something like, um, I don't remember, but he's facing 420 years. I think mine was like 290 or something like that, and he's facing 420. So both of us are facing the same number of months as she got in years. Yes. And we didn't sex traffic anyone anyway.
1: And she was convicted of sex trafficking to whom?
0: That's the thing. To
1: whom? Like, how can you convict somebody of something if you don't name who they trafficked them to?
0: Well, that's, th- that's why Jeffrey Epstein was so convenient for them. His death was so convenient, right? Because he was the one that she was sex trafficking them to, right? So they don't have to mention anyone else. She was just doing it for Jeffrey Epstein. Not any of his rich friends or Prince William or Prince Harry, whichever one it was. I don't care because it's the British royal family and they're probably all pedophiles at this point. As Ghislaine learned her fate, the 60-year-old predator's face remained inscrutable. And she briefly hugged her attorney before leaving the courtroom, wearing blue gel scrubs, her dark brown locks cut in a... Wow, they went all out with describing the (laughs) scene. Her dark brown locks cut in a bob and her ankles in shackles. She did not speak to her siblings who were seated in the row behind her. One of her accusers, Sarah Ransom, who sobbed during the hearing when she detailed the horrors Maxwell and Epstein subjected her to... This is what, this is what frustrates me about this entire thing, right? Is that all of these girls, uh, to my knowledge, went back. They kept going back. Like, they, this was their job, and they were okay with that.
1: Yeah, if the money's good, you go back.
0: Well, the money's better if you come back 20 years later and sue them for that. And that's my biggest issue with all of this. Like, yeah. The, it, they're ha- trying to have their cake and eat it, too. And I realize that's a terrible thing to say, but I, I I have to put it that way. That's the truth of what they did here. All of them engaged in this voluntarily. And I don't, I'm don't. i of the mind that, you know, they should be allowed to do so if they choose to do so. I it, can't wait for my Porcupine Freedom Festival ban for saying that statement. That seems <laughs> to be what gets people banned. But uh,
1: Consent is consent is consent is consent. It is one of the most easily... Appli- applicable uh, things to do consistently. You can apply where did the consent happen? Here's where it happened. Okay. where? Oh, oh, did it not happen? Then guess what? You didn't consent. Now it's a violation.
0: Ransom says, I wish she was sorry when she was forcing me into a room to be raped. That's when I wish she was sorry. And I don't know about Ransom's specific story. Maybe they did physically grab her and force her into this room. That would be the first I heard of such a thing. But... Giving her the benefit of the doubt here, prosecutors had asked Nathan, that's the judge who sentenced her, to slap Maxwell with at least thirty and up to fifty-five years in prison. That's silly. She's sixty years old. Yeah, she's not. She's almost exceedingly unlikely to live to see this sentence actually completed, or to even get out on good behavior if she's in a. I don't know how that works on the federal level. I know some states do good behavior, some some don't, but federally, I think there is good behavior. But they wanted to send a message, right? That that's exactly. They didn't want to sentence her based on anything that she had done or might do or any of that. They wanted to send a message, and this is the prosecutors themselves. We wanted to send a message that those who conspire with sexual predators will be held responsible for their significant role in those crimes.
1: Good. Release the client list.
0: That that would be a better that that would bring the world closer to justice than sentencing Ghislaine Maxwell to 20 years in prison.
1: Because either there isn't a list and she's not guilty of anything, or there is a list and they're not releasing it because well, the people in power are on the list.
0: Maxwell's defense attorneys, meanwhile, had begged for leniency, saying she should get no more than four to five years, while probation officials recommended 20 years. And again, I just want to point out here that Ian and I are both facing significantly more than 20 years for allegedly... I think
1: uh, Rich Paul put it as contempt of bank. Contempt of bank. Yes, you you just didn't tell the banks what you were up to, and they don't Allegedly, like
0: Allegedly, even that. Her sentencing marked the end of the federal criminal proceedings against her in the Southern District Court of New York, where she was brought after after her arrest at a sprawling New Hampshire estate in July 2020. I, I, I still don't particularly like that she was hiding out in New Hampshire. Why was she? Like, if it well, was me, if I, I was Gisling Maxwell. or die, you know. I mean, yeah, but she had to have known this was coming. So, so why wasn't she in like Cambodia my or guess, in this region? My guess they-
1: is she knew it was coming and she wanted to buy herself some time to like wrap some things up and make you know a plan. That's my guess.
0: I suppose, but still, I, if I was in her position, because she has plenty of money, millions upon millions of dollars, presumably, why not just fly to one of these Asian countries? Like, the, There's this place in, I think, Thailand that specializes in helping people fake their deaths. Yeah. But, she knew she was going to be a scapegoat for Epstein's crimes, is, I think, is
1: my point. I think she thought the same thing a lot of folks think, and that is, nobody knows where New Hampshire is anyway. Nobody's going to look for me there.
0: Well, we do, but that's because we live here as part of the Free State Project, which, for those who don't know, is an attempt to get a bunch of liberty lovers to migrate to New Hampshire instead of being dispersed all throughout the country and, you know, getting 3% or 2% in libertarian presidential elections and all of that nonsense. Instead, we come to New Hampshire and we exercise our, our concentrated power to actually achieve things. Surprise, you can pick your own tribe. You absolutely can. Outside the courthouse, Maxwell's attorney, Bobby Sternum, said her client would appeal, saying she had been subjected to daily vilification and mistreatment and sentenced to an extremely long term. I don't know what Maxwell did or didn't do, but my feeling, my understanding of this entire thing, my gut tells me she's the scapegoat or the whipping boy, rather, for uh, Epstein, who probably did not kill himself. uh, They're referred to as the fall guy. Yeah. And I imagine she knew that this was going to happen. So that's just that's just what surprises the hell out of me that she remained in Western society. Well, Maxwell's lawyers have long claimed she was being unjustly prosecuted for Epstein's crimes, the judge stressed that Maxwell is not being punished in place of Epstein or in proxy of Epstein. In addition to the prison terms, she also imposed a $750,000 fine on Maxwell. She could potentially get credit for the two years she's already spent behind bars or have some of her time shaved off for good behavior. Potentially get credit for the time that she's already spent behind bars. It's not even a guarantee. They've held this woman for two years yeah. and won't even guarantee that that's going to count, count you know, toward time served. Absolutely horrific. But again, it is the government, so I'm not overly surprised. Her attorneys requested that she serve out her time at a federal prison in Connecticut. The low-security women's lockup that served as the inspiration for Netflix's Orange is the New Black. I mean, I guess that's kind of interesting that your attorneys can make such a request about, hey, send her to this particular prison or whatever. Well,
1: you know they're going to make a book and probably a movie and a TV series about all this crap later on anyway.
0: It'll be difficult for them to do that without, you know alluding to the actual princes and politicians that, you know, she was helping have sex with underage girls.
1: Well, as long as it's spun the way the system wants it to be spun, uh, they'll be happy with uh, the ability to do more propaganda in their favor.
0: So that's pretty much the story here. Uh, Gislay Maxwell going to spend... Probably the rest of her life If she's 60 years old She could live to be 82 or 83 But in the prison system Where you don't exactly get to have a healthy diet Or a yeah. lot of exercise Or you know Fresh air and sunshine And these things that keep people healthy I tend to think And that's assuming She was recently placed on suicide watch So that oh. that's assuming she doesn't Epstein herself Is she right? going to get epstein well, Or McAfee or whatever Because I'm not convinced McAfee killed himself Because right. his wife isn't convinced that she knew him best yeah. So that's the story today We are out of time For tonight's episode But we're online In the meantime You can check out Our social media server At social.freetalklive.com If you want to hang out With us there It's decentralized It's an alternative To Twitter That's social.freetalklive.com
3: Iconic guitarist Eric Clapton's lifelong passion for the blues burns brightly in a new film and soundtrack release
0: entitled Nothing But The Blues. The documentary film, which was nominated for an Emmy Award, has been upgraded to 4K for its long-awaited official Blu-ray and DVD release. The new soundtrack album features all of the music from the 1995
3: film and also includes more than an hour of previously unreleased live performances, Eric spoke about his lifelong love and respect for the blues. It's a wonderful process of working. We do everything live, so if one person makes a mistake, we all have to do it again. Or we accept the mistake. People have
4: asked me about songwriting in the past and which songs have meant the most. The ones that have meant the most to me over the years are the ones that were the easiest to write like Wonderful Tonight. And that was the
3: most successful because it just fell out. That's iconic guitarist Eric Clapton, whose long-awaited documentary film and music soundtrack, Nothing But The Blues, will be released on multiple formats on June 24th. Order now at ericclapton.com.